No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. This episode is brought to you by one of our fine sponsors, which is Define Premium Cannabis. Define? If you are in the Portland area, we have two locations, one in Hillsboro, one in Forest Grove. We will service all your needs. Our bun tenders will take care of you. You're going to get service. Yeah, you're going to get service all your needs because we will educate you on the complicated cannabis world. There's so many products and we know what we're talking about. We will get you suited to your right medication to take care of your head and your body. And if you go into the Hillsboro location Monday through Friday and you ask for Apple, he will come out of the back dressed like a teddy bear. And he'll very fluffily go over to the counter and find the perfect cannabis product for you. I will tend your butt. He'll tend your butt. Tend it. Yep. So go to Define (laughs) Premium Cannabis. Make sure you tell them that you're part of the No Simple Road family and you're going to get 10% 10%. off your purchase. And the first time in, you're going to get a free Free t-shirt. It's a little homage to Ryder right there. So make sure you visit both locations. Hillsboro and Forest Grove define premium cannabis. Hey, Apple, have you ever seen where the wolf has slept by the Silver Stream? I have. Where did you see that? Over at Shop Shop Tour Bus. Bus. That's right. You got that right. ShopTourBus.com online or at ShopTourBus on Instagram. They have the coolest Grateful Dead inspired t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, all the stuff we all love so much with a really cool spin on it. And it comes in a hand-designed, one-of-a-kind box with a Grateful Dead lyric on the inside and a bunch of little cool extras. And some of you lucky folks that order are going to get a real live Grateful bootleg. Dead bootleg. bootleg. It's called a miracle these days. That is a miracle. Yep. Everybody can use a miracle and you can use free shipping. And the way that you're going to make that happen is by putting in the promo code. No Simple Road. When you check out No Simple Road, free shipping. They're going to hook you up. You could get a miracle. You're going to get a cool t-shirt with designs from your favorite Grateful Dead songs on them, and you're going to have a box that'll make you happy. So, shoptourbus.com. You're going to look dope. Boom. Hey, guys. What? Have you ever listened to Steely Dan in the kitchen? Out of a hamburger? That you got from Electric Fish Lights? No. No, I haven't. But I bet you could. I, I absolutely could. We all could. could. Yeah. You, you can, too. You can go to electricfishlights.com, or you can go to at electricfishlights on Instagram, and you could see what we're talking about. These are 
kick-ass lights made from IQ technology, which is like this plastic. It's called uh, upcycled, upcycled plastic. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, it's a green term. And it is old milk jug plastic. But it's this technology called IQ technology. And it's 30 interlocking pieces that can be configured into 15 different shapes. And when you put them together, they can basically make any character sports Shape, logo whatever. hamburger they possibilities can, are endless yeah, a alligator head a, an eagle a feather yeah. um, i've yeah. seen minecraft characters yeah. and the way to find out is by going over there and checking it out yeah and all <laughs> the lights come with a 12, 12 year years. energy efficient safe to leave on bulb a 12 foot cord and a hardware kit to hang the light and it you know, you it can just get a regular everything. bulb in that thing, or you can get a color changing bulb or a Bluetooth speaker bulb. And check this out. Since you're part of the No Simple Road family, you're going to get 10% off when you put in the promo code NSR. And any NSR family member that gets the color changing upgrade or the Bluetooth bulb gets a one of a kind hand designed limited edition No Simple Road poster that was done in collaboration with Electric Fish and Aaron. And me. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess I am kind of no simple road. Yeah. I, yeah. So check it out, guys. Go to electricfishlights.com. Tell them that we sent you by putting in the promo code NSR. You're going to get your 10% off. Get that color changing upgrade. Get yourself a poster and make your light come to life. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspy, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening.
Farted around. We kind of did not Everything around. was, it was very progressive square. <laughs> hey now, no simple road family. <laughs> Apple is an elephant. Hey now, no simple road family. Did you guys family. know that? Did you know that ap- a- apples, elephants poop square? Apples poop square. What? They do. I swear. I'm not being silly or nothing. I've been at the if zoo and watched poop, elephants yes. poop. Elephants not poop square. Do some out. square elephant poop, okay. Aaron, and then I'll believe you. No simple road family. Help me out here. Tell these guys. I'm, I'll wait. Aaron, you're full of shit. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I will. I will. I welcome input on this because I. Right. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Get back to us. And Let the, us know what you yeah, think. Whatever. Uh, I hey, say why nay. is that relevant? Uh, it is. I don't know. Absolutely not up. relevant. It was relevant to the conversation we were having when I hit record. Was it? Sort of. I don't know. It's a random fact that's bounced around roll. his head. It just fell out all over the No Simple Road family. Hey, wow. guess what, guys? And Leprechauns girls? poop gold? I don't know. Where this are we is true. No, <laughs> it's Friday, and No Simple Road put out a second episode this double week. Feature yeah, week. Double feature. Yeah, double feature. Yeah, man. This Friday, right now, this, what, is, this is a cool one. Is this is Weeds and Sardines. What? Our buddy what? Brian. So check this out. Dude, Brian, that was such a cool thing for Brian was not feeling well when we did this Mm-mm. and he went and put on his chef's coat and no, he put on a dress shirt. I thought he had his no, it was a dress no shirt. dress shirt, okay. but he, yeah, he got the chef. Right. So, so yeah. how I, this is clearly my <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> so I'm going to say how I remember he ran to the back, put on his chef's outfit, came and was just, he came correct. He wasn't feeling good. And he still was like 100% himself yes. and sweet. And we had didn't, a great conversation. Too. Such a good conversation. So you're out there wondering, hey. What's weeds and sardines? And why is, and or, or you know what weeds and sardines is. And you're like, why is No Simple Road having a YouTube cooking channel on? Well, let me tell part of that. Because, yeah. because when Aaron came to us with a... This goes back to like when we got him the KitchenAid mixer back yep. for his birthday in November. He was getting into baking and everything and really getting into sourdough and all kinds of stuff. And again, like Aaron does on the back. I learned about this on the patio, having coffee with him. He's like super excited about watching this chef on YouTube mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. you guys are going to hear from. And he immediately, because there's so many of those people and shows and stuff out there, Aaron showed me... First of all, Brian is so engaging. Yeah, watching is. him He's and everything, the way he goes watch. about things, and he does he doesn't he doesn't mess around. This is this is not like well, you can throw a can of this in or that. This is like he creates the ingredients. Yeah, if he makes a sandwich, stuff. he's making the bread, the it, meat, the coleslaw, it, yes, the whole everything, line. and it's amazing. And we've done. I'll throw it over to Aaron because he started doing some of his recipes. I remember doing the apple fritter one. I've done I've, ring a I've bell. Done the apple <laughs> fritters that he made. I've done the, the pizza. bread. I've I've done mm, his pizza, pizza his pizza and my pizza are from um the same book okay so tartine n- yeah tartine bread but um yeah I, if i did a cooking channel i would want it to be like this it he takes really advanced concepts and like 
dumbs it down for somebody like me that's not a professional chef. But he's not dumbing it down because it's kind of hard to do what he's doing too. You got to have some. You're not a beginner. You're I, an intermediate. I, dumbing at, it by, down is a is a bad he, way to say. He, has it. Like, a, he makes it approachable. Yeah, he has a way. He has oh, a he, he has a teaching fun. style of making you very welcome to his kitchen and the way he presents it. And you get to watch the videos. It makes it very simple for somebody that doesn't really have a lot of experience to do these things and yeah because he breaks it down and yeah and he's funny mm-hmm. and fun it's very inviting and it, it pulls you in it was like watching one of my friends teach me how to make dishes that's cool yeah. and, and that's what really like struck me about him and me i i like would <laughs> i hope my boss isn't listening when i say this <laughs> i would like sit at work and watch certain videos like when i did the apple fritters I watched that apple fritter video like 30 times so that I could like really get it. You know what I mean? And here's the thing during COVID I really found, I I liked to cook before that, Yeah, but I really found that um, baking and cooking was a huge stress reliever for me. It was an outlet for sure. Yeah. And, I only knew so much. Like I grew up in a Sicilian Jewish family, <laughs> which is weird all by itself. <laughs> and it's not that uncommon if you ask around. Okay. But you know, we Still had, weird. we had like weird. 10 things that were in the rotation. Like my mom made bomb sauce. Yeah. She um, does make bomb sauce. She to made this day. awesome lasagna and a couple of chicken dishes my dad was great at barbecuing and that was really it. And so my repertoire of stuff that I could cook was very quickly dwindling during lockdown. You know, we all started having our dinner night and all that. And I wanted to do something nice, you know, cause we were home and you know, nobody was going anywhere. And like, if I can find some, relief from the pressure that I'm feeling just by cooking for the family and putting some love into it. Like, all right, I'm going to do that. And then having somebody that made the more difficult stuff approachable and also like somebody that likes the same kind of shit that I do. Like all the stuff on his channel is all stuff that I would like. (laughs) Oh fuck. Yeah. I want that. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I was like, you know what? I'll bet this dude is like a fish fan or something just from like the way he acts and some of the stuff that he says. Yeah. I had a, I had a feeling and my feeling was off, but not by a mile. No. And you'll find out why you'll find out why in the interview. I I was close, but no cigar. Um, But yeah, again, but you did hit it out of the park with inviting him (laughs) to be on the show because it was a great conversation between all of us. It so much and fun. It, it was like one of those um, conversations where you leave like all hyped up after because it was such a good conversation. And I, I, I'm going to go back to the apple fritters for a minute. Yeah, they all were right. incredible. So, so all of you guys listening. <laughs> tell the story. Yeah, this, this is like the Super Bowl of donut making for me. Right. I'm I'm going to make these apple fritters and I've watched the video. Who doesn't love apple fritters? 10,000 times. Oh and uh, I, I go for it, right? And I'm like doing the steps. And the last step is like, well, not the last, but one before you fry, I'm like, you cut up all the apples and you, and you make the apple whatever it is. 
and then you roll the dough in like a cinnamon rolly kind of log thing and cut it up and then you got to mash it back together and when i did that it wouldn't go back together and i kind of like half-assed it i was like it's because all the apple chunks are different sizes you can tell it's <laughs> they weren't lumpy. uniform yeah and and so i did it i went ahead and i fried it and it turned into Instead Crispy of instead of apple six pieces that were the most delicious <laughs> things so any of us good. have ever had, that's where I'll take I, it away. Yeah, apple. No, you can go ahead. I, I, I think everybody out there knows. So hopefully, some point in your life, you know somebody that's learning to cook or is a really good cook. Sometimes chefs and cooks like screw ups yeah. are like the best, even though they're not that happy with them. And it ended up with the we, we were and the funniest to me is Mel. You're not that big of a sweet person. Like you'll eat a little bit. I'm and be like, oh, more, I'm good. I'm, I've conditioned we, myself. And during that time, I was having all those problems with my stomach. <laughs> so I like had to be good. And Aaron's sitting here making the most bomb ass shit that he's ever made. And it was so hard, but it was literally like crack for me. It was. And Everybody it was, was outside. They were like smoking, and I'm like inside, like a little fiend. Like one at my one uh, finger in my mouth, the other. The ones grabbing another piece and like simultaneously. It was like little pieces of crack. We I remember us saying that because it all broke apart when Aaron fried them in the in the special it oil into like and 50 everything. Fritters instead it, of yeah, it turned on. But it was all these like we have a thing in our house, crispy bits. Everybody loves the crispy, the burnt cheese, whatever on stuff, crispy bits. That's what it was. And then Aaron piled them up. By the end of the we're, we're like sitting there like. Oh, Oh, one more, one more, because they're little tiny so pieces. And it didn't so matter if more. they were hot or cold. It no, did not no, matter. No, no. And uh, so if this will give you an idea out there of, of how good they were. On Apple's birthday, oh yeah, it was my dinner night. And I was like, dude, it's your birthday. What do you want me to make for dinner? You name it, I got you. And he was like, bro, can you make those apple fritters again? <laughs> and I yeah, not dinner. It. When you guys were talking well, about making a cake yeah. or whatever for it, and the apple. Well, he said apple fritter or carrot cake, and so you were already making dinner. So I stepped in with the carrot cake, which with the gluten free carrot cake. It was good, and it was amazing. So yeah, Mel kills it with the carrot cake. I've had carrot cake, I think, for my last several birthdays. Mm-hmm. Well, it, because it's amazing. Yeah. Here's the thing with music and food. <laughs> here's something that's the same. When you put love. In those things, they are fucking amazing. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the people that are consuming the food or the music can feel the love that you put in the thing. Or whatever you put in the thing. And, and that, yeah. yeah, the intention. Yeah, the intention and love and that that's, goes in. That's the thing with Brian. Conscious or unconscious. Brian really, like, towards the end of the interview, like, was talking about that, that his whole deal is like, making this stuff more available for people so that they can cook for the people that they love and put that love into the food. Yeah. Mm. And that's dope. Yeah. That's cool. So, so you guys cool. are going to well say this. Yeah. yeah. I guess I want to back up to one thing too, just Uh-oh. for a minute. I just got to go back to Aaron's mom's sauce. Cause <laughs> just a funny thing about it. that. We've been friends since we were in our early teens and I think every time, the last time was at Sydney's wedding. Mm-hmm. I think every time your mom has made sauce, she has smacked me. Because mm-hmm. I end up, she caught me at the With wedding. Fingers it, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning and I had helped Mel. It, it ended up being like all the women and me, like cleaning up. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I was, I was like, okay, everything's died down. Nobody's around. And I grabbed like a piece of bread and went in. Op- opened up the thing and got a meatball and dipped the bread in it 
and turn around, like took a bite over the sink, and I turn and there's your mom <laughs> looking at me. Like, like, and I remember being younger, dude. I remember doing that one time, like, sneaking in, getting a piece of bread, dipping it, and it like hitting the sauce like about fifteen or so. Said so, like that motherly smack, smack. on the arm, like just get out of here. It's not ready yet. Or that she, uh, oh my god, her sauce. Yeah, you you don't even know, you guys. This stuff. I I've, I've been away from Vegas for five years. Haven't had it except for at Sid's wedding. I've asked her to freeze it and send it up here. Well, you actually made a, I can't a really copycat version I can't. of hers. It's it not was, the same. It's definitely not the same, but it's as close as that's a really good close. Because I've had both same. her sauce and your sauce. So you make you make it good, but it doesn't have that mom. Mm-hmm. It's that mom. There's no mom juju in there. I, I don't there. have mom oh, juju. Yeah, you don't. Um, let's let's address the elephant in the room. Uh huh. How you doing, Apple? Uh, why is it apple i think it's poop square yeah he does maybe that's why the elephant I'm came gonna up do earlier some research on that no apple oh. wasn't with us on monday he wasn't feeling well and he's here today i'm just oh how's it going man oh i'm going doing doing good i what i wasn't feeling good on monday i just there just kind of sum it all up I, I it was pointed out to me i haven't been really present in the last two weeks which i've just with everything opening back up and things going on, things being planned, like we've all been looking forward so much to things being planned, but a lot of things lately have just all come at me at once. And an unusual style of myself of just like having no filter and blurting things out and how I feel at the moment, I've actually taken a step back because of things recently of taking care of ourselves, maybe a little sacrament, this and that of kind of rethinking things. And I guess in the last couple of weeks, I have been a lot more quiet because instead of my usual self of just not even processing things and just blurting things out, I've been more quiet and processing things, which is a new thing for me. And I think it's healthy and it's going to help me to kind of figure things out myself at first before I go to other people and stuff. Because, I mean, sometimes it's good to share, but sometimes when you just have diarrhea of the mouth, a lot of times shit gets lost. And to me, another thing too is once it's spoken and you blurt it out, then it kind of loses meaning. So I'm kind of holding on to things and figuring things out. And this is like, we keep talking about kind of like a, what we call it, kind of like a renaissance getting ready to happen with stuff. And it's so weird. All of us have been cooped up for a year and a half and now things are actually starting to happen. And it's weird. I'm realizing that too is try not to act like things affect us that much through like COVID and let not, not giving them that fear and stuff. But with things opening back up, it's like, it's like, Holy shit. You start to kind of get used to that. And we've talked about like, like I could mm-hmm. care less if things come. People were starting to get like that. Friends of ours. I felt that like, I don't, I don't care about shows because I've gotten used to not caring. Yeah. And so now it's like, it's like a reawakening plus just some things of myself processing things as I get older. Well, tell us all about it. <laughs> that's a, I'm joking. That's what I'm, I'm kind of telling you about. Uh, yeah, normally I might blurt things out, but I, no, it's just, I don't know. It's growing up and learning how to, I guess, learn how to chill more too. I've always thought of myself a chill person, but I pin up a lot of things and learn how to process that and chill, let things go, wash, clean the closet, 
wash things, air the linens, you know, all that. Make room for the new, and we're getting ready to go in. Drawers. We're getting ready to go into a lot of new stuff with all the shows and things we all got coming up. We're plan, planning vacations again where you ain't got to worry about shit, and, you know, it's just awesome. But that, and I wasn't feeling the greatest the other day. I don't know. I'm not talking that up to anything. I don't know. It's allergy season. It's this and that, whatever excuses. I just, I, I was not capable the other night, which is weird for me Mm -hmm. yeah so that's where i had to kind of step in because the you know it just when apples well you know aaron said it best he's like when any of us aren't doing well meaning like if we're in a funk if we're under the weather if we're pensive more than usual if we're just kind of like you know going to sleep early for multiple days in a row it just kind of feels weird but like you know we did go through a huge shift you know um, over the last few weeks and it's crazy because your presence is such a big part of our home and the show and the show and when that when it's missing it really does feel like a chunk is out yeah it's like riding a bike with a flat tire you're still gonna (laughs) get there you're still gonna get where you're going it's just a little more difficult so i was like so apple what's up man what's going on how you feeling you know how to kick it like that because aaron and i've been talking about the last couple days and it's been bothering both of us and aaron was like i think you should say something mel it'll come more better stronger from you and i was like well i don't think that but maybe we all should say well it's not like i was afraid to say something i just i know my brother well we addressed that earlier too the thing with me and aaron i said it before we started all this earlier and said the thing about me me and aaron have been close for so and there's a reason for that it's because we're like twinsies we're like it's like looking in the mirror Mm -hmm. but like when you're looking in the mirror at yourself you can tell yourself in your head or out loud shut the fuck up when it's your doppelganger in fucking reality, it, 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 we get defensive with each other pretty quickly because yeah. we're so much alike in I see. many it was, ways. It needed another perspective mm-hmm. or another another route. And here's the thing, like, especially having done drugs together for so long, right? I'm not just talking about psychedelics. I'm talking about drugs. We know each other's bullshit so well. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I know, he knows all of my lies. Like, all of my fucking ways to weasel, twitch, out, weasel out, weasel in, weasel sideways. Like, so we know all that. And, like, it's it's really easy to see each other's shit. Do you, do you get what I mean by yeah, that? Like I do. And, and when you're exposed like that in front of somebody, it's uncomfortable sometimes, especially when you're not feeling <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah you're not 100% in body or, or, stri- or mind. Or if there's something that you're like dealing with that you need to let go and the other person sees it and they're like, yo, <laughs> you're let go of that fucking bag you're carrying. Well, I dude. know. From- I'm not carrying a fucking bag. Yeah. Shut up. Well, and Aaron was absolutely right because with with Mel, Mel, like you're, you're 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 my sister, my daughter, my mother, and I love you. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah coming from a woman, and Aaron knows that too. I was we have talked about it on the show. I but I was raised by mostly women yeah. in my life and everything, so I have a very I I'm I'm very comfortable with that. Yeah. With 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 men sometimes, and I think a lot of men are like that. When another dude points out your shortcomings, it's like well, fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> what? With so the what? women, and then you always say you just need. Mel knows me so well now too, and stuff. She knows how to play. So it just yeah. Well, yeah, because it really is like 
that's literally what I said. I said, so what's up, Apple? And then a great conversation <laughs> happened. Yeah. And then we're next thing you know, we're hugging in the kitchen. <laughs> and then immediately I let my you know like family filter. I was like, okay, this is what's going on. I'm sorry, I felt you know. So and but it, it's like one, it's like acknowledgement of something that's going on. Two, it's like it's okay to it's okay. Yeah. It, it's you're no one's mad at you. And three, if you need to fucking let beans out, let it out. And we're like. Let's hug it out. Well, and, and we're never alone. No, I just say the process I, because that's exactly like you needed your space, but we just we, we were concerned at the same time. Like yeah. now that we know that it's not about space and maybe just a little bit about going back to your old ways of behaving, at least it's called out. We are all and, cool. It's if whatever it takes, we you got our support and like, yeah, and that's good to know. And it's and sometimes when shit goes unspoken, which is weird when shit goes unspoken without us around here because yeah. we talk so much and everything. Yeah. But the other thing I wanted to know, I mean. I'm sure we're going to let us, let us know out there too. And I mean, because the other big thing is like after a year and a half of kind of being caged, the cage is getting opened and it, it's kind of, it's weird. It, it, it's like, holy shit. That's what are me. we really, I was so talking many about times it with my doctor of disappointment today. when we were thinking of things at the end of 2020, like things are going to, and then getting disappointed and finally kind of giving in, like ain't shit going to happen. I, I got to say now shit's happening Nate, for real. Nate said to me today, he's like, I'm a nine. I'm, I feel like a nine toed caged animal. This just got let out of the zoo. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's you with the, but with a fucking heart of gold, yeah. coming out of the, you know, and here's the thing, man. Like I've even had that in the back of my head as, as we're making plans and getting ready to go to our first show is like, well, the possibility that it could get canceled is still out there. Like, fuck that shit, man. I'm, you know what? The doors are open. It's time to go back out. Yeah. And that's that. With a, I got a new attitude. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's a great mindset. But then, yeah. Well, well yeah, you know, all of us, all of us are going through a heavy transition right now. And if we are not here for each other, then what else is there? What are we doing here? Well, and, that was something that I missed telling you guys on mm, Tuesday when we dropped that episode. If you haven't heard that intro, go back and listen to it. Um, that was a good intro. I, For all of you out there too, man, if you're going through shit during this time, as we're all like coming out of the cage mm -hmm. and you're struggling or you're dealing with anxiety or there's shit that needs to be cleaned up that you're having a hard time cleaning up or if you're struggling with some shit in your head and you just can't untie the knot do us a solid do yourself a solid reach out reach out to us at info at no simple road.com hit me up in the dms on instagram reach out to friends don't just sit with that shit by yourself none of us has to go back out there alone man not one of us. The thing is, is like once you release it, like exactly what we were just all went through with Apple. Like once it was like the put put the little pin in the balloon, it slowly starts to deflate. It's like, oh, like, yeah, the <laughs> fart of life. It's the fart of life. Yeah, man. No, but seriously, it's it's amazing to be able to just let that out and not hold it in and make yourself suffer silently. Like that's not fucking fair to anybody. Mm-mm. No. So. Yeah. So that's that. Reach out reach to out whoever you feel comfortable world. reaching out to. Reach out and just say hi. Reach out for all of you that understand what I just said. Somebody's shout out. Hand. Anyway, yeah, you're older. Yeah, right. you're old like uh, like me. 
So yeah, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Apple, right on, man. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um so eloquently and so quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that's cool about you, Apple too, is like you you like take the criticism like when it's when you're in the right frame of mind mm-hmm. right when you're in the right frame of mind when you're ready like you really you have this armor that happens but you slowly let it down you could see like when, when we were talking like you were saying what you needed to say and you're like literally deflating you could see it like <laughs> kind of lessening and the almost like the blood pressure dropping you know and but then you really do immediately change. Like I know me as a woman, I can kind of like keep the stink on for like in a few hours An extra or twenty minutes. Twenty <laughs> minutes, you know. But you like you really are just kind of like drop it. And that's another thing that you do too, babe. I admire that in both of you. That's how you guys are twinsies. Is like, yeah, okay, I was a fucking dumbass, Fuck. and I, but I'm sorry. And hey, okay, so you guys want to get some eat or like? <laughs> are we cool yeah, now? Yeah. Exactly. And that's a really cool thing that I learned from you guys. So if, you know, you guys are learning anything from me and like my communication skills, that's what I learned about you guys. (laughs) Something else that I... Thank you for that. That's fucking cool. Yes, it's true. Something else that I thought of that I wanted to tell all of you out there. um, You know, one of our favorite things about going to shows before COVID was seeing and meeting all of you at shows yeah, and having the fun. No Simple Road family dancing mm-hmm. together. And um, we are going to be at Yonder Mountain String Band and Infamous String Dusters on Tuesday night here in Portland. And then the following Tuesday, we're going to be at Green Sky. Um, we are also doing the Gorge Fish. We're doing Matthew Knight Arena Fish. We're doing Halloween Vegas fish. Uh, we're going to be at Andy Frasco here in Portland. We're going to do Tanarowin. We're going to be at Tanarowin. What else? Um, lettuce. Oh, yeah. We're going to be at Lettuce here. We're also going to be at Green Sky Bluegrass and Circles Around the Sun at Red Rocks on September 18th. We got a lot going on. So the reason I'm saying all this if you're hearing the sound of my voice and you're going to be at any of those shows, hit me up, man. Let's hook up. Let's are they hang out to well, I don't even know if you did that. That's, 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 I'm remiss on that. I haven't looked at the website. Are we going to start updating the calendar? Oh, shit. Our calendar of events yes. for people to see. Yes. And Hell yeah. That that helps me and Mel, too, to be oh, able to yeah. look at the calendar and know what's coming up because we already got a lot. We've already started running into that, too, and that's that anxiety. We're we going to miss get. Billy Strings. Yeah. Of, of, it's like, we got to go to shows, and it's like, oh, look, Billy Strings is coming to Edgefield. Yeah. Oh, that's the day Shit. we leave. We're going to be going to Colorado. But, yeah. you know, that. But that's a good, but, that's a but good we're thing go to, to Red have. Rocks. Like, if we can't see Billy Strings in our hometown because we're going to Red Rocks for the first him. time. Yeah, I don't want to hear uh, anybody crying. There's no, I can't, this blessing I'm missing out, but I'm getting this blessing, fine. And what an amazing thing to have back. It's annoying, <laughs> right? but it's it's like, wait, there's so many things to do now that I can't I'm, do them all. Yeah, I'm just grateful. <laughs> Bring it on. I'm grateful that we, I can get the time off. I'm grateful that things are starting again so we have something to do. I'm I'm just grateful for all of it. I'm training like Rocky for what's about <laughs> to happen. You sure have been. Why don't you talk about ba-ba-ba-ba. your week, babe? I did already. Oh, okay. I remember on Monday. Or Tuesday or whenever the well, hell we're, the, we're in another day. Call, another like, dollar. It, it, two days later. I, I'll tell you what. Do you feel any better? The, 
Uh, about what? Our that, house. That's a, hell yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. The, the minute I I heard you guys start to talk when I came in the house, I went and stayed in here on, on purpose. No, he didn't. He was like this at the. I door. was at the door the listening. Ear. I was with the glass. That <laughs> was a private conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, of course I feel better. And whenever, like you said, whenever any of us are out of sorts here in the house, the energy changes and and from being home for 16 months now i you're I've, more in tune with I've, the house exactly, and, the, and the feeling than here than ever anything in my whole life yeah. i i like i know you're in this the, you're space in the bubble all the fucking time and we bring shit back into the bubble i can come home with some shades like what's that doo-doo following <laughs> yep. you into the bubble yep and i'm out there cleaning the bubble every morning too but still like i, I feel you can't it do when it yourself it, when it's off kilter you know what i mean and and um it's fucking uncomfortable and like i used to be really good at ignoring that shit Mm-mm. like i would and that's not a good thing to do no right? but i was like the master at like oh <laughs> shit's uncomfortable and i'm gonna not pay attention to that until it's gone and yeah that sucks um yeah it was a great skill i learned from my mom uh thanks but, mom yeah thanks mom <laughs> but i can't do that anymore like my we're grown up. Yeah, well, that and like my empathy bone, I, I, it's just like tuned to the house, and so yeah, I'm, I feel a thousand percent better. And, um, you know, it, we've talked a lot about the two weeks ago and having Jeff here and all that, and like, I it, feel it, like it, we could talk about it for the rest of our lives and I never say too, the same thing. But still, <laughs> it, you know, I don't want to get into it too much but like yeah it's a private it's a, yeah it's a private thing but like there's a adjustment period that's happening now and uh it it feels good like owning your shit feels really good yeah and does. like letting go of the stuff that doesn't serve me anymore it feels good and it couldn't be more perfectly timed it was like i was saying on tuesday gave me a whole new perspective on how i'm approaching returning to the music and our yeah. family and i'm really fucking grateful for that and able to do it with with my laces tied tight do you know what i mean by that like mm-hmm. my boots are on i'm ready to fucking roll yeah. let's go and it feels good man so it looks good that's where i'm at let's do this thing like i'm like at this point i'm really struggling i'll say this to be in the moment because there's so much coming <laughs> up coming on. <laughs> that I'm like not letting myself look forward to stuff on purpose because I fucking did that forever and you're not doing that anymore. Why not make a balance? Now you did it forever. Now you're never going to do it again. That's, that's a sure fire I, way to, I'm excited to go to see stuff. I'm going to say that, but I'm not like, I would like have a countdown on my so you're more tempered. You yeah, learn a little I'm, bit I'm, more patience. I'm trying. I'm doing my. I, I want to fucking scream. I want to. I can't fucking wait. Woo! But I'm not gonna do that. You can do Take a little. You can get a little bit of that energy here. and bring it in. I like that. Like maybe like I can't fucking take it. Oh, woo <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. yeah, that's where I'm at, baby. Jazz it up, baby. About you. Well, I'm feeling great now that all the. Yeah. riffraff is cleared the <laughs> those funky little thoughts and those necessary pauses and uncomfortable silences and i just love working through stuff together that like 
I don't care what our problems are immediately after when we're on the upside. I'm just so proud of us as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me know that magic is real because if I imagine these things in my head and then all of a sudden two minutes later, like we're doing exactly what I thought magic is definitely real. It's that's one, like, again, we don't want to keep beating a de- dead horse, but when I learned about, um, over the last couple of weeks, this one time at band camp, <laughs> but over the last couple of weeks is like, I've got found a newfound, like love for myself and appreciation for myself and yes. a confidence from of myself that I didn't have prior. And the only reason I know that is because I didn't feel like this. I'm not like putting myself down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I didn't have, no, I have something that I didn't have before in my spirit. And it, it's making me see things differently and it's making me realize that I do have authority and that I can make things go smoothly and calmly mm-hmm. and I can make people know that they feel loved and I can, yeah. I have, I can wield a very beautiful sword and I appreciate that about myself and I've, I'm like opening up my eyes to the beauty and so much stuff that it was right in front of my face and the, it starts with me cause I'm right in front of my face and then, well, you're actually right behind your face too. But when I look at it, I'm in front <laughs> of it. All around your face. If I look at my face, I'm in front of it. Okay. <laughs> well, it you but you, yeah, it. no, it just um, I'm and and I'm feel it's like I'm learning my sea legs. Like, how does it feel to be in this empowered uh, mindset? And okay, let me put these shoes on for a while. And I've felt very radical. Like I need to get rid of every article of clothing and start fresh. Yeah, I yes. feel like who the fuck hey. is this Melanie? Like, okay, that's some cool pieces, but so what? Like you, this was like twenty years ago, and that's I'm not even that old, but it's like twenty years ago, five years ago. It, it feels like a, a head shave moment, but with my closet. Like, get everything the fuck out of here. I don't want to see it. I don't want to look at those same fabrics, even though I like them. What? else is new like what do you have to if you can have like a hundred bucks and go into a store and come out with your new outfit nowadays you get like one sleeve of a t-shirt that's very for true bucks and so you're same, gonna get one t-shirt and i appreciate you saying that because that's like kind of what i was saying that's how i feel like like when you when you're cleaning out things that you've held on to for 20 30 years yeah whether, so it, whether it's a t-shirt it could be an old pair of fucking underwear or something it something could, that's an attachment when you let that go that that had, had something else that's got to go with it you don't internally. see it anymore so it's not a constant reminder so it's like what we were saying apple earlier it's like you forgive yourself but then you don't move on yeah you 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 forgive the offense or whatever the trauma, but then you stay in it. You don't go past it, and that's what it feels like. And for me, like now, there's certain things that need to be flushed yeah. out, not just acknowledged, like the, acknowledged and flushed. The difference of letting something like letting something go by throwing it away or like nurturing, like slowly, like yeah. okay, like understanding it and so letting it go. So I called the veteran memorial and made an appointment for us to be able to drop off a dr- whole bunch. Well, of no, shit. they're going to come pick everything up at the house, which is so dope. And they need thing like everything. They're asking for like small household items and like linens and whatever and clothes. And I was like, "This is the perfect opportunity. We have a deadline. Boom. It's not too close and it's not too far. Get your shit together and do it." Right. So, Supporting veterans yeah that's that's yeah that's yes exactly so yay us 
We family. had a really yeah, good. Uh, our Monday wasn't <laughs> as well. We did, it was good for Aaron and I. We had a great mm-hmm. day, but for No Simple Road, it was just a little bit more of a challenge. We said that you had PTO, Apple. Yeah, we gave you PTO time. <laughs> PTO, yeah, yeah, okay. paid time off from the show for that day. But you're not really getting paid though. You're getting. Paid it's just with time love. off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get him to the interview. Let's do the business. Bennett. The business. Follow us on all the social media platforms at all No Simple Road. You can check out the No Simple Road YouTube channel. That's right. Yeah. The the link is up on our website and there's a couple videos up there as well. And uh, yeah, if you're new to the show, hey, I'm Aaron. This is Mel. And this is Apple. And, and you're, if you're going, Jesus Christ, they're still talking. They haven't gotten to the interview yet. This is what we do every week. You, we check in with the family. We hang out. We talk for a little while. And then we get you to That's the That's why there's a fast forward or you just listen. Those are two choices you have. We hope you, you just listen. We hope you yeah, listen. we hope you listen because then you get to you know us. You have control of your then own then destiny. You sure do. This <laughs> yes. is like one of those books. Choose your own adventure. You can. And you can also choose your own adventure by calling 971-808-1524. That number again, 971-808-1524. Operators are standing by. You can call that number. It is the No Simple Road Tepid Line. Yeah. And you can leave a voicemail. And I mean, okay, here's the thing. You could leave a recipe. Oh, look at that. Whoa. Because we're food, the whole thing. Right. You could tell us about your first experience going to see live music since pandemic you could tell us about the bees you raised during the pandemic they're okay about your anxieties about things that are coming on in the world and things opening back up like i said earlier about why brown eggs are brown and white eggs are white and specifically let us know what you think about elephants pooping squares it's true oh (laughs) it might be donkeys It's either donkeys I, or elephants. I, it's one of the two. But anyway, you're changing your story now. So, yeah, that's the tepid line. Also, <laughs> if you go to www.nosimpleroad.com, you can sign up for the newsletter there. That way you can find out about all the cool stuff that's going on with No Simple Road, find out where we're going to be, all that stuff. And also, there's a merch tab. There's coffee cups and fanny packs and T-shirts and stickers and all kinds of cool all stuff up cool there. Stuff. And also, the most important thing, you can do for No Simple Road is leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star. We need one for June, y'all. We don't have yeah. a June yet. We don't have a June yet. Um, I don't think so. Oh, I turned off my phone. Me and Mel are both racing. No, you see. should oh, race oh, closer I I, because I... Is there one? I don't know. I don't know. What? Okay. No, there isn't one. And <gasps> updating library. Check this out, that. y'all. Go to patreon.com forward slash no simple road. That is how we pay for all the stuff we do. And that is how we can keep bringing you all the content that we bring you. And we're appreciative to everybody that has signed up on Patreon. We Thank love you our so Chandonators. We had three Chandonators last week. Boom, that is boom. so awesome. You guys, thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you for listening. Thanks thank again, you for fam. referring your best friend to listen to your favorite show. Thank you for writing in. Last thank you for the love. But not least at all, I need you all to do No Simple Road a Solid. We're all part of this musical community together. And we all have friends and family <clears throat> that are part of this community as well that don't know about No Simple Road. So do us a solid and tell somebody you know about the show. Say, hey, man, check out this interview with Dave Schools or check out this interview with O'Teal or Billy uh, Strange, John Medeski, <laughs> um, Jeff Carrick, Krasno. Uh, you, you, if you th- can think Duncan of it, Trussell. you might have talked to him. So 
tell somebody we'd appreciate it and that's how the show can grow as well so thanks you guys we're going to get you to the interview right now without further ado the no simple road crew gives you brian from weeds and sardines Good friend. What's up, Brian? I'm Aaron. How you doing, man? Hey, Aaron. I'm Brian. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. And this is Mel over here. Thanks for joining us, even though you're not feeling the best. <laughs> yeah. No. Happy to be here for sure. And then I'm I'm Apple, the the other co-host here. So, well, what's up, man? Good. Good to yeah. have you here today, man. Apple, Aaron, and Mel. Yeah. 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 Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you too, man. So, Brian. I mean, I guess it probably seemed weird. When I reached out to you, like, what the fuck? These guys are like music and culture podcast. Why are they reaching out to a YouTube chef? Yeah, I, I mean, I was definitely like, okay, cool. They're into it. I'll, I'm into it. Sounds fun. <laughs> I love that. He, well, he he definitely is. Uh, he was your first huge fan, and he's the become the baker extraordinaire in the house, and has probably watched every one of your videos yeah, and has sure. cooked several oh, of wow. them. Yeah, and then we quickly became fans too because he was like, "We're like, what are you watching? You know, like anything. What are you watching?" He's like, "You got to check this guy out. This is great, and what you bring to your show, dude, is just a great, great cooking and humor and just everything. It's very enjoyable and very approachable too." Thanks, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, try pretty hard. <laughs> it shows. You, you got to try hard, especially when it's just you in front of the camera, you know, like it's hard to just throw it, throw it away when you've got so many people looking and, and expecting what's the next thing, you know? Yeah. It takes a while to get comfortable in front of camera too. Like I'm not a natural, like uh, talent when it comes to that for yeah, sure. Yeah, Me too. I'm, I'm on your boat too. We just, we just did an intro yesterday about that very thing about like the YouTube space is new for us. Like we're 200 episodes in, in the podcast almost. Yeah. Congrats, by the way. I saw that. Thanks, Thank man. But, um, the YouTube thing is new and we're all like figuring it out and adjusting. And that's one of the things that, that struck me about what you're doing is the, the look of it. There's a, there's a lot of people that are doing cooking on YouTube. I mean, it's just, that's a thing. And but it's fun to watch. It is fun. But, um, the way you pull it off and I felt like one of my friends was teaching me how to cook. Oh, good. That's exactly what I want. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going for basically. So, yeah. I mean, uh, how did that start, Brian? Like you just one day woke up and decided, oh, fuck it. I'm going to start a YouTube channel or. Yeah. So I was, you know, I've been cooking professionally for like, 11 years and uh most recently like as a like a consultant chef and when the pandemic came around um you know obviously like that work dried up overnight instantly Ugh. so wow. youtube has been something that i've been really a huge fan of since day one like pretty much everything i've learned how to do as an adult i learned from youtube <laughs> um, you know like today like i said i told you guys i've just been bumping around the house all day and it's like i've probably watched like 50 youtube videos today mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so like the pandemic hit and it was like, I had no work. So, um, this is something I've been wanting to do for a while. So like the first day of like lockdown or whatever, I just bought a camera and, uh, decided to start giving it a try. My wife was, you know, she was interested in helping out too. So we were kind of trying to figure out what to do. Um, cooking seemed like a natural thing. Like I've, you know, like anybody, 
I know a certain number of things that I could teach other people how to do. And uh, cooking seemed like the most natural fit. I'm a huge home gardener too. And that's like where the weeds part came from. I was initially, it was going to be like a gardening and cooking channel. And like, you know, that didn't really work out. I didn't even make one video that was gardening and cooking (laughs) just because like, once you get into it, you realize that you have to be pretty specific to be successful. And I didn't want to just dabble though. The goal from the beginning was to like turn it into a successful YouTube channel. So yeah, that's kind of how it got started. So, wow. So just a year then? Yeah, it's it's funny. This the timing of this podcast is really interesting because we're like I I started the YouTube channel 363 days ago. So Whoa. wow, <laughs> and we hit 50,000 subscribers yesterday. Woo! Congratulations! I saw yeah. I saw man that that's huge, dude. That's so that's a quick timing. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. lot. Like, do you have a lot of um, friends that kind of help support that and promote that, or was that all your you and your wife's hard work putting it in? I think at first we got a little bit of momentum from friends like in St. Louis where I live. Uh, I'm like, you know, pretty well connected. No, I'm just kidding. I have a lot of chef friends here. It's all right. Um, you know, I'm just kidding. But I have a lot of chef friends here who, um, you know, like they're fans right away. And there are some like food magazines locally who picked it up right off the bat because, I, you know, they had been covering some of the stuff I had been doing when I was like a restaurant chef. So, um, yeah, we got like a thousand subscribers a little faster than maybe some would just be from that. But uh, other than that, you know, like once you exhaust the pool of like the 250 people, you know, like it's all <laughs> brutal, slow growth of strangers at that point, you know. Wow. That's so a, a huge congratulations is in order because we're coming Thank up you. on the one year you hit 50,000 and you're doing something that you love. Yeah, it's been a it's been a ton of fun. And like the 50K was like really unexpected. My wife and I in February, the channel, like I think February 1st, the channel was at like 4,500 subscribers and we we're like, oh, we're coming up on a year. I mean, it would be cool if we would have could have gotten to 5,000, you know, and then the algorithm picked up a couple of our videos and we grew pretty fast. And then we got this thing called creator on the rise and that did a little bit more growth to help us get there. So, I mean, it's definitely far surpassed where I thought it would be in a year. It's pretty fun That's to uh, so wait celebrate a that. Hang on a second. From... February to now, it's gained twenty five thousand. Uh, like forty six thousand. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Math. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. It, that's insane, bro. Yeah. So I think the way it works is you make a bunch of videos and they suck, right? And yep. Like the process of making a bunch of videos makes you better at making videos. Yeah. And then let's say by like video fifty, you've at least figured out a formula that like a product that isn't embarrassing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, then you make another 20, 25 and people who show up to your channel, see those better videos. And they're like the conversion rate of them becoming a viewer that is, is higher and it happens faster. And then you get a little bit of like credibility in the eyes of like the algorithm too. Mm-hmm. Um, because as you make better videos, they become like your, your watch percentage goes up. Like the algorithm can see that people are watching this video for a lot longer than a bad video, you know, so it kind of starts to learn that your content is at least decent. And when people are shown the content, they click on it. And so then like you go through this vetting period where it's like, you got to learn how to make a good video. And then the algorithm starts giving you shots and, you know, eventually one video could break and you could, you know, like that video got 500,000 views in like a week. So it's pretty cool. I mean, I feel incredibly lucky that that happened. It was not a given that that was going to happen at any point in time. But if you like to dive into the analytics of like popular creators, especially in the food space, like usually comes down to like after a certain amount of time, 
if they've learned how to make good videos, um, you know, the growth starts happening. So that, you know, I rest, that gives me a little bit of peace of mind. No, man, that's, that's huge. And I guess this conversation is totally selfish at this point for me because (laughs) 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 fuck it. I, I, I didn't know that. And I know what you're saying because I, so I, I'm working from home and, uh, my job, the, what I do, I can half watch YouTube videos while I work. So it's kind of cool. Sounds like a good gig. It, it, it's, a, it's great. And uh, he's spoiled. Yeah. And <laughs> I've seen what you're talking about. The, the shitty videos at first, like following somebody and seeing the shitty videos at first. And then you see them get lights <laughs> and yeah, then you see, no, totally. Yeah, dude. and yeah, you see the like, exactly like us. We got like, and you <laughs> yeah. see you see them get a better camera, and then they're made up, and the set changes, and you're like, oh, okay. And I've noticed now that you're saying it, those videos now are getting more subscribers, and it's doing better. And it's funny that you, we're having. It's weird that we're having this conversation because we just did an interview with um, this guy Jamel, aka Jamal. And he's like almost a million subscribers on YouTube. This guy mm-hmm. is huge. He does reaction videos. Yeah, yeah, I, I listen to that one. Oh, okay, okay. cool. And, uh, you know, our YouTube channel was never a thing, like I said. So, you know, the videos that we put up would get like 50 views, 100 views, because it's just the people that are into that thing that are going to listen to that. And we put him up, and in one day, 2,500 views for one. And then I noticed that my, my friend here is getting our videos suggested to him through the algorithm and my nephew. Yeah. So yeah, it's a thing. It's yeah. A, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Like the more you get, I mean, honestly, I could talk for like hours and hours about YouTube algorithm and how much time I spend obsessing about trying to figure <laughs> out how to like win at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the podcast thing I think is particularly tricky because it's such, it's such long form content that it's not really optimized for this platform. Like, even though a lot of people do watch video podcasts, um, those types of videos don't really get recommended unless you're like a meteoric, like superstar podcaster, right. like Joe Rogan or whatever, who gets hundreds of millions of views per video, you know? So like a lot of the clip channels of podcasts end up being more, uh, popular, at least from what I've seen, because it's shorter form content and it's more like all of the all of the juicy bits yeah, in one short meat. period so like yeah. the watch time is like higher totally and well, I, that's what i want to watch. i mean you see the picture here who wants to stare at us for an hour hour and a true. half just sitting here we hardly move or anything it's, why don't you move more man i like video podcasts though i mean the podcast i i think everybody has a rotation of podcasts that they listen to weekly mm-hmm. i'm like six or seven and there's a couple that do video and i definitely make go out of my way to watch them on video i mean not the whole time you know, not like I can get three hours to sit down and watch a video, but um, I enjoy it. You know, it's like with any content creator, you kind of build this like weird fake relationship with them mm-hmm. where you don't really know them, but you feel like you know them because you've watched or listened to them for like hours and hours. And yeah, you're just like loyal. You're like, I want to see what they're up to this week. And I just, I enjoy video podcasts a lot. So what are you um, binging or what's your like, you know, favorite few that you watch or listen to? Um, you know, like podcast wise, it's funny. Like I listen to a lot of like space podcasts, 
like uh, really specific, very detailed, very nerdy space, like hard space, not like sci-fi. Okay. <laughs> like string theory stuff, like that kind of stuff? Um, no, like like space flight. Um, yeah, okay. so I've always been something I've always been a fan of, and now I'm like really into it. So whatever's going on at NASA or SpaceX or whatever, my wife's going to, she's going to listen to this. She's going to laugh. Like, why did you bring up the space podcast? <laughs> Tell her I asked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, yeah, I mean, like I, I could, yeah, it's just something I really am very fascinated by. And right now there's just a lot going on. It's like this whole new era of that whole thing. So mm-hmm. there's just a lot of news to k- keep up on, you know, but um, in terms of like longer form, not nerdy podcast like Lex Friedman. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but he's like a um, he's a artificial intelligence researcher at MIT, and he has a podcast where he has like super interesting people on. Uh, he, I think, he kind of I found out about him from Joe Rogan, and uh, oh, okay. you know, like Joe Rogan's podcast. I think I have you know mixed feelings on. I like it. I listen to it, but and like every episode isn't for me. I don't right. tune in all mm-hmm. the time, but I found a lot of very interesting people through that podcast. And Lex Friedman is definitely one of them. He's super smart, very insightful. And the people he has on are people that definitely don't make it onto like a lot of mainstream style podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend checking that one out. Yeah. Okay. I wrote it down. Cause that sounds interesting. You, you know, it's, it's strange, man. Like it, 10 years ago, podcasting wasn't a thing and YouTube was, but ish. And now a show like Joe Rogan, like, that can move society. That thing can actually yeah. like create waves and change and when thought trends and trends. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. And YouTube can do the same thing. And there's a lot of a lot of power in that and a lot of uh I don't know. It it's it's a the Wild West and it's kinda cool. It's cool to be a part yeah. of it. It's awesome, dude. I mean so for me, I totally, first of all, I totally agree podcasts and whether it's YouTube or whatever, just like all of this content that people are consuming now being on the internet and being made by regular people and people developing businesses around that, I think is so interesting to see like what can happen with it. Yeah. Um, there's like a middleman of advertising and mediation that's been taken out of, taken out of the equation. Normally, like a few people would get to decide what everybody watches or listens to. And they were the curators of the conversation and that you know i think it has some benefits and that like some fringe stuff might not make it into the you know the eyes or ears of people that really don't need it but um you know other than that like you know moving those programmers or radio station managers or whatever out and allowing people to consume whatever super niche content they want and that they're interested in and have the people who create that content be able to make a living doing it is like an incredibly interesting thing it's like really drives me. I, I'm super, super excited to have an opportunity to even try, you know? Yeah. And on another thing on what you said, the listeners or the watchers get to actually participate with the person on the screen. And that's a totally. whole other thing. Like when were you ever able to, you know, like hang out with like Brad Pitt? You don't, you don't get to talk to him. He's like this icon. You never see him, never, you know, just dreams and stuff. But then all of a sudden you we can reach out to somebody like yourself who has, you know, I just want to say this on a personal note. Thank you for what you did personally, because you have really helped Aaron. (laughs) Well, of course, the, the food, the baking, all that stuff. But like you just helped to give him another outlet and to fall in love with cooking. And he's always been interested in it, but not like seriously, but. Once he saw you and the things that you were doing and the the content, it just changed 
it changed a lot it around up, here. It upped the game. Man. It really did it up really the did. game. Oh, wow. And well, I just, you. I appreciate yeah, awesome. that a lot because you're just doing your thing. Like you said, you like, okay, I'm going to do like, YouTube channel. I, like had nothing to do with Aaron or trying to help anybody. <laughs> you're trying to help yourself. <laughs> like you forget yeah. figuring it out. But you know, it's, I, my, one of my things is that I'm always so grateful and we interview a lot of musicians and just, just the gratitude for doing your craft mm-hmm. openly to allow people to be blessed by it. So that's yeah. really what it is. And so thank you for that. Honestly, Brian, like that is the best. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, thank you guys for watching. And I like, you know, as a creator, like whether it's a pod podcast or YouTube channel or whatever, like I just take inspiration from all those people too, as well, that yeah. like, I see that they're doing something that I find interesting and they're, they're making a living doing it or a part-time living or whatever. And uh, that, you know, that inspires me to up my game, try, try harder, try and make content that's more engaging, that more people will like or be interested in. And yeah, it's just a cool journey to be, to be on. And I'm, I'm glad you guys are using the recipes. That's really important to me. There's a lot of YouTube creators that um, aren't interested in that. They just kind of want to make entertainment. Content. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing against that. That's great. You know, I watch YouTube for entertainment as well. Totally. I'm always like, I'm more interested in the hybrid for my style. Um, cause I don't think I'm entertaining enough to just not teach Put somebody something, something as well, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I like some of the bigger food creators definitely would even say like, <clears throat> they're not super interested in people cooking the recipes. It's just like, they want to, you know, purely dazzle them. Wow. I see. Okay. Well, I know, I know several people, I have several friends and stuff that, they don't know how to cook. They don't want to know how to cook, but they spend so much time watching cooking shows. <laughs> what the fuck? Are it's you a, it's like well, it's like a re, it's like watching reality shows. Like the Kardashians yeah. are, they just love watching it and going ooh and ah, and then they'll go out to a restaurant to seek that out, which that's that's awesome. Well, when you can go to restaurants, but yeah. but it, it's I, I don't I don't quite understand that because we're luckily we're a house full of cooks. We all have our own things we like to cook. We enjoy cooking. Yeah. We each, we each have a cooking night. There's uh, their son and their, their nephew. So there's five of us. Each of us have a night. So five days out of the week, it's covered for who's cooking dinner. And then there's That's two awesome. kind of yeah. do-it-yourself nights and stuff. But no, your recipes and me and Aaron a couple of times. I like like right now I want to do your I want to do your chili one after watching the chili video Aaron's like well I was going to do it and it's like well 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 I want to I want to do that one you did the other one why don't you do the ZD and there's like kind of those conversations and then we just say it's like well you know that like especially the chili one it's a little more involved where it's like well why don't we do that together yeah. oh wow yeah that's awesome you, yeah. Brian man on the heels of what Mel said like for me I'm, I work a day job. I produce a podcast that's actually seeing success. That's crazy. So that's two jobs. And then I have a family and, and then throw a pandemic in there. And not to mention we're a live music podcast and there's no live music happening. Like (laughs) at the beginning of this thing, I'm like, no simple roads, not going to survive this. We're done. Like but we found our way and in the midst of all that, and I'm sure you felt it too, man, is the roller coaster of emotion of being locked down and quarantine and everything that's going on in the world. Like it's not easy. And yeah. um, cooking has been the one thing for me that like when I'm doing that, I'm not thinking of any of that shit. 
Like it, it was gone. And I realized it like I would be like five sourdough starters deep in the kitchen, losing my mind. And I would realize that I was like doing it because I was stressed out and it was helping. And I was like, holy shit, this is like really helping. And at that point, like when I figured that out, I was like, okay, I'm going to take this up a notch. Like if, if I'm going to do this, I'm not just going to half-ass it. I'm going to do it right. And that's when I found your channel. And I was like, holy shit, this guy's funny. And he explains why for a lot of the stuff that I did, never understood. I just kind of did it because the recipe said do it and didn't know. And it did something for our house. Yeah, In it a did. weird <laughs> way, man. Like It, it, made it took everybody the attention closer. off of the shitty parts that Aaron was talking about the pandemic being locked down not being able to go out to eat be with your friend have coffee like it's fine for a few months three months four months five months then we get freaking ants in our pants and it just it becomes too much yeah and so Aaron's a super busy body like he like he has enough work to keep all of us busy for the next three months (laughs) But he still needed his own personal time. And that's what your channel brought him. Like his own personal think time without task oriented. Who uh, No one was <laughs> expecting sourdough bread. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't yeah, like it had really to be treat, done. Yeah. <laughs> but but it was. And so that's, you know, I guess YouTube and on its content creators really um, have changed what we're able to do. You know what I mean? Like we're able to see what we're able to think of. Like you mentioned earlier, it was just like NBC, CBS, you know, Mm -hmm. Fox. You can watch this, that or that. You're going to see what the man tells you to see. Yeah, but with the, like you said, super niche. Like, okay, now I can go sit there and, you know, watch this uh, ayahuasca retreat, you know, from the comfort of my home. Like it's amazing what's happening. Yeah, I mean, and and it's very interesting how successful people can be with it too. Like my wife was watching today, we're like planning a trip maybe at the end of the year to go to Asia and she's watching a guy, many videos of a guy reviewing convenience store foods in Tokyo. And he has like millions of subscribers. Whoa. Wow. And it's like, that's Good. the whole channel. And it's like, if you would have told somebody that 12 years ago, you'd have been like, that truly is the future. Like, oh, yeah. You'd be la- pitching that channel to yeah, you'd the be, network. You'd be laughed out of the boardroom. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, get right. out of here. And but I mean, but I mean, like, you know, somebody who is into technology would be like, yeah, that's totally where this could go. Like the potential is there. And there's no uh, rhyme know, or you're reason. Connecting right? audiences and creators. And it's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I have to ask, man, like the recipes that you come up with that you're doing. I see that like you'll sometimes put a clip of a failed attempt or like something that didn't work out. So can you take me through the process of like how you figure out what you're going to do? And then like, is it one a week or what's the deal? Yeah. So, um, uh, up until recently, like I was just kind of going week by week trying to decide what to make. And now, um, the videos have a, have sponsors, so we kind of have to be a little bit more organized about not all the videos, but some of them. So we have to a little bit, be a little bit more organized about when we're going to make a video and there's just more work associated with that. So I kind of have to be working a few weeks ahead of time at this point. Um, yeah. So I have like the next six videos sketched out and I kind of slowly do the R and D as I can, but I don't, 
it's really, I can't do the the bulk of the work until it's like the week of me making that video, because it's just too much to think about talking head, writing a script and like multiple developing multiple recipes at the same time. But, um, yeah. So like from, from a, like a single video perspective, uh, the first like 45 videos were all stuff that I've personally developed for restaurants in the past. So it was like, really, I've made them thousands of times. Like this, this process is bulletproof and I actually have a grammed out recipe, like in my, you know, my book or whatever. So, um, but then when you run out of those, you have to like come up with an original thought every week. And that's, that's tricky. Mm -hmm. And so I try and document some of that stuff. If it fits into the story of the video, because you got to keep it, got to keep it moving. And sometimes it adds, sometimes it doesn't add. So like to clarify, sometimes putting in the clips of me messing up adds value and sometimes it does not. Um, but yeah, so like, let's talk about what was ZD, right? Uh-huh. I came out a couple of weeks ago. Right. I made that four times before I filmed it. And luckily the channel is making a little bit of money. So like from donations and stuff, mm-hmm. and we have like Google ad revenue turned on. So I can afford to buy $75 worth of pasta stuff and it not be a total loss. Um, so yeah, I made it four times because my goal in the end is to create something that I would want to use. So there's a website out there called Serious Eats that I'm a huge fan of, America's Test Kitchen, I'm a huge fan of. And that's because they like, the recipes are vetted and I'm, they're not perfect every time. Um, I usually look to those places as like a starting point if I've literally never made something before or oh, thought really okay. deeply about how to make something. Um, and usually I'll start with their their recipes and they're not what I want out of the thing. Like the big CD recipe for Serious Eats was nowhere close to what I wanted. Um, and that's, that's cool. It's cool to see all these different perspectives and techniques that I wouldn't normally go, like they wouldn't be natural moves for me. So I'm learning something constantly because there's a very specific type of person I want to use the recipe. Like you guys who are not pros, but you want to create something that is like good and not, this isn't like a get dinner on the table in 10 minutes type thing. It's yeah. like, no, you want to like put in the time to make something special to share with the people that you really care about. Mm-hmm. And you want it to like that work to have, like bear fruit. You don't want it to be like complicated and hard and it's a mess and it doesn't really, it's not like a vetted recipe. Like that would be the biggest defeatist to like have somebody be frustrated in the process because it wasn't designed well and <laughs> Thanks, then have man. like the end product not work out. So like, that's another part of what the R and D is about is like um, refining the process so that it makes sense for the average person to do. Sometimes I like to make it a little bit more like, um, restaurant because i think it's more interesting and you can expose people to a new technique but i'll also like leave ways to get out of it you know like in the chili video especially you know there's a few ways to sort of like choose your own adventure as to how hard you want to make it mm-hmm. uh so yeah that's kind of like the the working process there is a decent amount of r&d that goes into every video because for me like i tried a few videos at the very beginning where i would just like make someone else's recipe and i was like it just wasn't something i was inspired about it, well i think that would that would show to, especially with you, because it seems personal for you. Like you, you, it comes across that you're enjoying what you're doing. You know what I mean? At least to me. That's good. I, yeah. I do really enjoy it. It's super hard work. It no looks, doubt. There's it, a lot. Of, dude. So are you editing the video too? Yeah, I do. Jesus all of like the, the content creation I do. My wife helps me like run the channel. She does like all of the backend stuff on YouTube, which is really important that I don't have the mind for. And, you know, like as, as the channel grows, like opportunities come up that I also don't have time to pursue. So she helps, she helps me with that a lot. And she also is like a really, really good sounding board for like the design, like 
what the food needs to be like. And, you know, she just has a good creative eye and helps keep me in the lane a little bit. Um, when you're really far, when you're doing something by yourself, you get really far down the rabbit hole sometimes. And like, you have a hard time seeing the forest through the trees and you're just like frustrated. And then she can come in and be like, why would you make it that complicated? That's stupid. <laughs> you, know, like, you really That's need to keep this in mind. Like, would reason. your sister make yeah, that? Man. She's not going to make that. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so I edit everything. I shoot everything. Um, and honestly, the, the one, it, when I'm doing R and D and it's not going well, those make some of the best videos because I'm able to make it so dense with value because I've made all the mistakes. Like, um, I'm trying to think of like certain videos where I was like, this recipe is, is very, very, very well vetted because I scoot it up so many times, but, and then you can tell people like, you know, like if beware, because if you do this, you'll have to start over yeah. and I can show you, like I had to start over. <laughs> and yeah. here's my I know a, thing. A, a good one you did, which we didn't do yet, but your chicken parm video is a good, uh, you come up with this beautiful chicken parm, but then you cut into it and you're like, no, this cheese just won't do this cheese, cheese is like, all yeah. yeah, this cheese pulls all wrong. And you're just kind of like, <laughs> okay, we're going to do this over and we're going to do it. You know? And then it's like, it, that, that's the great thing with him too, is uh, I'm sure your wife with you, when you live with somebody that's a cook that's doing R&D, you get so many things. You, you, you guys are your own worst critics. We all are. It's like this yeah, is, yeah. this just is not up to par. We're all over there like, oh, my God, this is so <laughs> good. We're like, well, like, yeah, this is terrible. Make more bread. Well, that, happened with, yes. the, that happened with the apple fritters. Um, oh, yes. The, yes. The, oh, good. You guys went for that one. Dude. Awesome. He went for that. And the, the immediate problem that I saw was the apples weren't all the same. They weren't cut small. They enough. weren't cut small enough and mm. they were all different sizes. So when you went to roll it, it was completely uneven and, and there wasn't enough dough in between. But... Mm -hmm. When you fry apples, and I mean, dough. come on, dough. It's not going to be it was, bad. It was, it was a pile, yeah, it was a pile. of goodness is what it was. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try that one took a That one took quite a few tries as well. And you know what's so funny is that like an apple fritter by design is like a waste product. They just mush it together. And, you know, like the good apple fritters are like made the way I show in the video where they're like making it special. But in most donut shops, they just like take the scraps or the donuts and like raw apples and just smush them together. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a trip to like, also another aspect of this whole thing. It, for me, I'm doing R and D during the week. Cause I have a night, right. That I got to cook for everybody in the house. Mm -hmm. And I've cooked the 10 things I know how to do really well a million times. They, they don't want to ever see that stuff again. So now I need to come up with ideas. And from that thing being on the screen for a week and then pulling it into reality is a lot of fun, man, on, on our end. You know what I mean? I mean, like, that's that incredibly fun for me to hear. Like, again, it's amazing that people are using the, the recipes in a real way. Like that's, that's super dope. I love that. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah man. It's, so what do you do with all the food? All yeah. the <laughs> Good that's question. $75 worth of mistakes. What do you do? Never going to eat ziti again. Yeah. It's a combination of wasting it and giving as much of it away as I can. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, it, I freeze a lot of stuff too, but like Lauren, my wife is gluten free. So like I can't the ziti especially like i made four pans of ziti and then the final i made five pans of ziti which is a lot of food That's i mean a lot. that pan of ziti is like 
five pounds, you know? (laughs) So I gave my neighbor on one side a whole pan. I gave another one away. And then at at a certain point it's in the fridge for eight days and you're just like, okay, Okay, I have to move on. Yeah. Unfortunately. (laughs) So what started the, the cooking bug for you, man? Um, it's, it's funny you ask because it comes down to me to like a singular moment. And I think it's pretty rare that stuff like that happens in life, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I was like, went to college for recording. I was a, went to Columbia college in Chicago to become a recording engineer and, uh, was doing that like professionally for a very brief period of time. I worked at a recording studio and, um, Chicago just isn't the place to do that. Unfortunately, there just, there isn't a very strong music business there. And, um, I was just, didn't have my life figured out at all. I was like 21 and was just really doing what I wanted to do, which was just play music and record music. And, um, there is no, no real plan to make it into a career or well, like in a real way, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. my, your mom asks like, what are you, you're really going to college for, to be a recording engineer. Are you gonna be able to get a job? And you're like, totally, yeah. totally, totally. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Quit, stop asking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to show and you. That, and that didn't really work out of course. And then, um, so I was working as a bank teller. I got a you know, great opportunity to work for this great bank. My aunt got me this job and it just was like, not for me. Uh, you know, like all good for people who, who work in uh, retail banking like that, but it just was like, not for me. Um, and so I went to a restaurant with the owner of that recording studio that I had previously worked at. He was a close friend and he took me to this restaurant where his girlfriend was the manager. It's called a VEC. It's in Chicago and it's this French, not French. It's really more of like a Basque, like Northern Spanish, Southern French, like Mediterranean style mm-hmm. wine bar. And um, just the least, you know, it, it was so cool this shotgun restaurant, maybe 65 seats. And at the time, like I didn't know anything about food at all. I was like 21 and my favorite thing to eat was like chicken nuggets still, you know what right. I mean? <laughs> um, and uh, it's just like, you go and all of a sudden this is grown up restaurant. There's these dope European spicy wines. Everyone who works there is like cool and smart. And the guys on the line, like it was three stations in the restaurant. It's like 65 seats shotgun and like the guys are cooking in the restaurant on the side like the kitchen is the side of the restaurant oh shit okay it's a wood-fired oven too like a two-bay wood fire like two of the three stations are wood-fired oven stations and they're cooking whole fish and like roasted dates and like all kinds of cool shit and uh you know like they were just the coolest motherfuckers on earth i thought (laughs) like these guys looked so in control of this chaos and this is before i knew about anthony bourdain or anything like that and i was just like oh like these guys are like in a band, you know, like that's what it looked mm-hmm. like, you know, like oh, they're shit. young guys just doing something hard and fun that requires skill. And it was sick. I was like, dude, I got to do this. So like right away, I found a place that I thought I could, I had a scheme. I was like, okay, I really want to do this. I want to, I got to, but I got to make money. So I went to this Michelin starred restaurant that I knew of that was not too far from my house. At least I could get a bus there from my house. I was living in Chicago at the time. And I went to them and I was like, Hey, can I like apply for this bus boy job? But also if I work for you as a bus boy for whatever, like, can I also work in your kitchen for free? And they were like, yeah, totally. Yeah, dummy. <laughs> yeah, totally, dude. You can, can I you offer you work. free work? <laughs> yeah. But in Chicago, the competitive, the culinary industry is super competitive. And um, even just getting work for free in a restaurant, especially one at that level, like at the Michelin star level, is super not guaranteed at all. You're in the way more than anything. So anyways, I showed up busboyed for a couple weeks and then they were like, okay, cool. We're, you're not a psycho. You can come in the kitchen. I did that for like six to eight months where I worked 
three days a week as a bus boy, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. and a double on Sunday. And then Tuesday through Thursday, I was um, up in the kitchen. And then I like leveraged that guy's name on my resume to um, mm-hmm. to like work at a restaurant that I wanted, like a better restaurant. Like that was less, like that was not, the place I started was like old school, like culture, like lots of very negative, lots of yelling, lots of intimidation. Mm-hmm. It was like very respected and the food was great, but it was like not a fun place to be. And the chef was like, not that nice. And so I m- moved on to a couple of other restaurants in Chicago and it's just something that it's been like from that point on. And I'm sure it's the same way with you guys with music. Like that became my new obsession. Like I was obsessed with music from like the ages of 14 to 21. And I still like am a huge fan of music, but I don't, that part of my brain where I was like creating music turned off and was completely replaced by cooking at that point. That's, that's wow. fucking dope. That's really cool. I want to ask, um, what do you think it is about like the certain personalities, like you were saying old school and kind of like the yelling, like we're originally from Vegas. Um, we live in Portland and for years and years, almost my entire career while I was in Vegas, I worked in hotels, casinos and, in Vegas, they've got, you know, five-star restaurants, all, all kinds of stuff, you know, and right around the time where, you know, dinner time would start happening, you know, the chefs start coming in, everything. And it was such, um, it was super exciting. That was, it was great. But it was always like that kind of attitude, that certain kind of like demeanor. What do you think it is about that? Like, you know, if you see a celebrity, I, I guess you can kind of understand why, you know, they've got all these fans, all this fanfare. What is it about chefs that that breed that kind of behavior? It's good. It's a good question. If I had to guess like where it stems from a little bit is like running a service in a busy restaurant and having it be consistent and good and well-respected is an incredibly difficult thing to do. Yeah. And you, so the way that I think most people default to accomplishing that is not developing any kind of culture, but you like running it as a military setup mm-hmm. um, where like there is an authoritative leader, that, <clears throat> authoritative leader at the very top where you have to do and say as they do, because they're the most experienced theoretically. And the order is created through that lack of flexibility. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Okay. And um, I think that that strokes people's egos too. And then it's kind of like a snowball effect from there, you know? one kind of feeds into the other. I don't know if that's like deep or true, but um, I think that is like, if you trace it back to like 60s, 70s, like haute cuisine in France, you know, like there's this very regimented brigade system or brigade or whatever. And, um, you know, that was the blueprint for a long time and they were very militaristic or just very, very serious. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But it it definitely changed it definitely changed and is changing a lot. I, you know, like when I, by the time I left Chicago, it was a little bit had mellowed out quite a bit. And I had decided like my career, my career path, like I wasn't, I wasn't interested in working for chefs like that anymore. And at that point you could pick and choose, like there was enough great restaurants where you could still get a good education as a chef and work for somebody who was like a human. Yeah. And then like, by the time I got to St. Louis, it had really, sort of started to slow down. And then when I was like a sh- an actual chef of a restaurant, I was like, this is not, this is not something It doesn't work for me. I've tried it. Like when you're a sous chef and stuff, you try and be like the tough shithead guy. You're like, yeah, do your fucking job. You know what I mean? And it just <laughs> you, makes you feel like an asshole that. and you, you know, didn't work for me the few times I tried it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try and uh, develop some culture here to make people like want to work really hard for me. And I, I think it was pretty successful. Like I, I really enjoyed that part of being a chef, which was like, teaching people how to cook 
and having them be like stoked on the fact that you give a shit, you know, yeah. that's, see, that's, that's cool, Heck man. Yeah. Like it's like that in the industry that I work in too, actually that what, what industry do you work I, in? Telecommunications. I, I work in the cable industry. I'm, I'm a fiber design engineer is what I do oh, for wow. my day job. But I worked 17 years in construction and, uh, some years out in doing like going to people's houses, fixing their shit. And when I started doing that, it was very militaristic. Um, it was like being in boot camp, going through training for that. And, uh, the guys that had tenure that, you know, had been there a while were just assholes, just straight up. Like, you know, I'm working in Vegas in the summer, it's 115 and you know, you're hanging cable between telephone poles and in the heat. And they're just, in their truck drinking ice water, laughing at you, like not helping that kind of shit. You know what yeah, I mean? And, and totally. It yeah. Really, no, I mean, I've, I've had almost the exact same experience in a kitchen where like you're going down on prep services an hour and a half away and you've got something on the stove and it's burning. And the guy, like the cook right next to you is like, pussy, your shit's burning. You know what I mean? Oh, like, see, fuck yeah. That. Instead of helping. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, and I'm not saying that's the way it always is, but no. like, at the time when I first started, it was kind of like the last gasp of that, like at least in Chicago where I was at, it was like the last gasp of that, like super competitive, like just really not fun environment. I don't know how I stuck through it, honestly, because I had never had a taste for it. Yeah. Well, we're working in a, working in a restaurant. Well, yeah. You I, cook. yeah I, 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 I quit cooking a long time. I mean, I, I ruined it for myself at a young age by having to get jobs. And my last job in a kitchen was Chili's. Like mm-hmm. back in yeah. back in the nineties, you know, working as a line cook, stuff like that. You're just doing the processed food and but we worked together with Charlie's Lakeside oh, yeah. was one of the best jobs I had <laughs> as a cook because I it was kind of a party house. It was all about what the, the coin drop was for the bar there. It was kind of an upscale at a nice kind of country club community and you know, steaks and surf and turf basically, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And had a great time. But it is it, it working in a kitchen teaches you organization and how we like, like that job. Do we we learn to work well? You learn to work in a tight kitchen yeah, totally. with people and know where everything is. And you learn you learn what hard work is. Whether you're front of the house, back of the house, bustle. You know you it's a tough industry. Yeah, it is. and it's yeah. a tough industry to make it. Like you were saying earlier, to make a restaurant work and be successful is extremely difficult. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, like the type of restaurant you're talking about is like can be a very, very great job for a lot of people. It's dig- it's work that has tons of dignity in it. You work hard, you feel good. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the Chili's thing, I feel like without having ever worked there, I can just say like, I, I you know, the level I'm working at in the industry right now, you just see a lot of autonomy being brought in. And like those aren't great jobs because like there's no, you know, the person who's cooking it is really just like a meat robot, you know, Yes. Mm-hmm. not fun stuff, you know, like they're not, they're not cooking steaks or, you know, it's just, there's, you're not using your brain at all. And, um, you know, that's, that's just not, there's not a lot of dignity in that. There's no love in that food yeah. either, man. I want to ask, this yeah. is like a, you know, maybe a hard question to answer, but if you could uh, revolutionize like the fast food industry to bring sure. a little bit more of what you're talking about, into it how how would you go about that being the chef of a restaurant once upon a time it's hard because like americans in particular don't really value food as much as they should i don't know like i when i this conversation can be hard because like 
there's like some privilege and stuff involved with me even being able to say that like you know i i don't live in a part of the world where i need to go buy a two dollar burger you know what i mean luckily yeah, no um well but we're that meeting each said, other where we're at how about that you know what i mean we sorry, don't say that again i said we're just meeting each other where we're at we don't need to yeah. worry about that right now yeah um it's like because to make good food it's very expensive even simple food you know if i wanted to make you a very good ham and cheese like it would still take my time and attention to do that and a lot of training would have to you know like i have lots of training to make whoops <laughs> <laughs> um and like just any simple food if it's going to be good it has to be prepared with care by somebody who know, knows what they're doing and that's expensive yeah. you know like you want the person who's making your ham and cheese to like earn a living wage and all that stuff right and, you know, if I was going to like revolutionize the food industry, I would just say like people need to pay more money for food, ingredients and labor. You know, unfortunately, um, they're not willing to. And I like I don't want to go out to spend 10 percent of my income on a meal, you know. Um, yeah. But the restaurants in, and I think in Portland, there's probably a bunch of restaurants like this where they're real people, skilled uh, crafts people, let's say. Like I don't know artists. if that's the right way to say it, but yeah. like trained professionals who know how to cook, who know how to source ingredients and cook them properly for you, for your dinner. Um, it's probably going to cost you 10 times what it would to go get Subway or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they're not, those guys are making 40 grand a year. You know what I mean? It's not like they're wow. just getting paid. Yeah. So the economy, the economy of the food industry is not super great, unfortunately. Yeah. So no, I knew it was going to be a hard question, but I just kind of, you know, on the heels of just thinking about that, because you're right, we the, like in a line cook or people that are getting jobs, um, not 100 percent, but you're getting a job at a fast food restaurant because you need to, you know, a lot of the time. There is definitely some people that are passionate and in there we can't, you know, blanket term that. But we also think about like the bigger picture, you know, like even if you're feeding bad food, if you're giving it with a good intention, maybe even that raises the vibration of the food. Yeah. Yeah. You know what There's I mean? There's been a few people on the West coast who have tried and are trying like Roy Choi. Is it Roy Choi? Um, he's local is the name of the L O C O L with this guy, Daniel Patterson. They're like chefs in LA. They're, they're trying to do like a, uh, Oakland and you know, some more like down and out neighborhood fast food, style restaurant of like thoughtful food and paying people well and creating a good culture. That's right. And I don't know if they've been successful or not. I think it's really tricky because, um, you know, at the end of the day, people want a $2 hamburger and you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a really complicated one. Um, it's a great conversation to have though. I'm not, I'm not like smart enough to have it. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely smart I, enough to have it. Definitely. Maybe you need some help to revolutionize it, but <laughs> I wanna, you're definitely in there. I want to go back to something that you said. Like, we're this is a music show, and you went to school for recording, and you were playing music. Like, what? What music? <laughs> what was the? What's the deal, man? What? What were you yeah. into? Um, well, you know, like in high school, um, you want to be cool, so you get a guitar and a. Actually, I like the first instrument I got was a synthesizer because I was really into that. It's really into like all types of electronic music, uh, but also like bad teenage like emo rock music as well. <laughs> okay, you know. Um, but then you know you just like, you get bit by the bug, so you get into everything. You know, by the time I went to college, I was just a fan of it all from '60s rock, folk, all jazz, 
I like it all. I just like going to buy records and listening to them and like the stories behind the musicians, you know, as I'm sure you guys are very well aware of, like that's, that's part of the fun. Um, and then like, I was never a super technically proficient musician, but the production of music and like the being, being able to build, you know, like building a dish of flavors is like that, that being able to, uh, understand why these two textures in a song work together. And like, that was always just something I was addicted to. And like, that's why I like so many different types of music is that it's all just, you know, different styles of cuisine is like just fun, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in college, I was like the music I was making with my roommate friend was like, it was a little all over the place. It was kind of singer songwriter. He was a singer songwriter and I would be the guy who could help bring it together a little bit on like the recording front and like add some, you know, instrumental flourishes here, there, he was way more talented than me, but, um, he was also super, (laughs) this is like the anti-grateful dead. Well, no, not in a way I was going to say, he's like, I got to stop playing with that. Uh, He was like super into Steely Dan. No, that's not the, well, it kind of is the anti-grateful dead, but not. It's one of my favorites. It comes up a lot with musicians. You wouldn't believe how many people are in. That's my go-to cooking. Yeah, I throw on Steely Dan. Oh, dude, especially like the early stuff. Uh Oh, it's such a groove for cooking. Like, mm. yeah, but at the same time, like it's. um, I think that if like the Grateful Dead and Steely Dan hung out, there would definitely be a like a fight. Or if like their fan bases hung out, I'm not saying a fight, but it'd be like there's there's some beef. Yeah, it's and but there's so there's so much that's uh, in common between those two because they're so like both technically proficient, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and there's a lot of jamming on both. They're just different types of jamming. Like Steely Dan would call it like you know just because there's a New York studio musician playing the sax solo doesn't mean that it's like also not a jam session, right? You know? Yeah, so we were we were at a oh, fuck, where were we? We were at a show in Vegas when we lived there, and the guy behind me, it was like like a not Grateful Dead cover band, but like a iteration of the Grateful Dead after Garcia passed away. Like I think it was further a rat dog or something. And the guy behind us was a chef, actually. And the whole show was just going, I'd so much rather be at a Steely Dan concert. Have you guys ever seen Steely Dan? Like, do you remember this guy? You guys don't remember? The whole that's amazing. So exactly illustrates your point. Like, yes, and yeah, I never thought I thought of what you said, man. Like the the fact that cooking and music are similar. I maybe I make that connection just from my experience, like, but yeah, I, I I think they really are. Um, there's only, there's a palette of ingredients or instruments or textures you get to play with. And, you know, I won't take the analogy too much further than that, but I mean, in my mind, they're very, very similar. Like I think about the styles of food and the styles of music in very similar ways. Wow. Um, I like yeah, that. I mean like, I, and I just like, I'm a fan of it all, you know, like I think any, anybody who is a creative or is in the pursuit of trying to make something, you just like, you understand, like from that perspective, you understand how hard it is to make something good. And all of a sudden you're like in shock, you're in awe of something you would have never opened yourself up to before. Like the types of videos I watch on YouTube are not for me, but I'm like, Mr. Beast is a great example. Like those videos, are you guys familiar with Mr. Beast? No. No. Okay. So he has like 50 million subscribers. He's one of the biggest YouTubers. His videos all get, if you look, it's like hundred million, 50 million, 60 million. That's a country. And um, the videos are totally ridiculous. It's like, 
Uh, he like gives away money to people. They're like competition videos. Check them out. It's an anomaly. Okay. You're okay. like, Did you write I, that I could go on yeah. and on about Mr. Beast. I have some really interesting thoughts uh, to wow. me, interesting thoughts about it, but the content isn't for me. I'm like a 33 year old guy who is serious about food, but they're like, these are made for like 18 year old boys basically. Okay. Um, and uh, he's like, I'll give away this Corvette if you don't take your hand off of it for 24 hours, that kind of thing, you know? And, but I appreciate the craft of what he's doing at holding people's attention. Like they're incredibly well thought out videos. And um, I'm really inspired by just how into it he is, you know, like just like acid jazz or something is like not my favorite genre, but I like, I get why people dig on it or like really, really niche electronic stuff. Like, is it the most pleasant to listen to in the world? No, but do I get what people like about it? And am I inspired by that as well? Like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know. Have you always been like that? Or is that something that came with age? Because I know for myself, I was not open-minded like that. If it Mm -hmm. didn't fit in my lane or my box for a very long time, I was like, fuck, that's bullshit. And and now getting older, I'm starting to, I feel much the same way that you do about things. After, really after starting the podcast and like you said, realizing how hard all of this is. But um, yeah. I don't know. what I mean, yeah, I think that it comes with age for sure. You know, when you're 20, you're like, the music I like is good music and it's and everything else is stupid, you right. know, yeah. you know, and like when you're in high school, it's especially that way. It's like, all right, well, I've got a list of about 150 bands right here that know what's going on. And everybody else who's ever made music ever is a shithead and they don't know what they're doing, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's funny how like year over year a band falls off. They're like, oh, yeah, no, fuck them. They suck. And then a new one comes on. Like, all of a sudden, like the talking heads have it figured out. OK, cool, cool. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, you just like I think the being a creative part really like at least from in my experience makes like it opens up the whole world. And you're just like, oh, cool. Like anyone who tries legitimately, I think I'm, I'm interested, you know? Yeah. And I, I wonder too, like at the beginning of our conversation, you know, I brought up the difficulty of the pandemic and that's like so cliche at this point and stage in the game. But for you, man, I, do you feel like maybe it was a blessing that this happened? Yeah, I've had this conversation a few times and I do on, you know, it's like hard to say that because there's a bunch of people who have had a hard, hard, hard time. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I would have never taken this step. And I'm really, really grateful that I did because it leverages like a certain drive that I have and a certain set of skills that I have together to do something that I find really compelling and like try and reach for some like bigger life goal type stuff. Yeah. and it's just like, I'm the type of person who has to have a challenge and YouTube is like an incredibly difficult thing to solve. So yeah, for real, I feel really, really lucky though, that I got what I did out of it. Yeah. One of my, one of my clients said she was leaving the other day and her and Aaron were talking and she just says, I love COVID. COVID has been so oh, great. Wow. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. It has That's brought. A funny way to put fa- it. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, uh, when you just hear that word, you're like, "What? You what love COVID? You? What the hell's? Yeah. <laughs> People have died. <laughs> Life has stopped. But then she was yeah. like, "Think about all the families that have reacquainted themselves with each other. Think about all the meals." cooked at home that weren't being cooked before think about all the parents that have gotten to help their children with their homework that never saw them because they were out at their work too and like yeah you know 
we all we have is our own perspective yeah, at the, the end of the day. You know? I was just going to say that. <clears throat> and that's what I realized, like, as far as like meeting people where they're at, when we're asking you questions, we get it. We're, it's your life. That's what we want to know about your life. Like there's other people that are having a hard time that, I mean, it's been hard for everybody in, you know, an assortment of ways, but our perspective is so important to keep up because when someone asks you about it and you have this fantastic perspective, it really can shed some light on something that you weren't seeing yourself. So her whole, I love COVID speech, once she kind of aired out what it was that she was appreciative of, it was like, wow, I never thought about yeah, it. Cause I, I was ready to throat punch. I, I never thought that before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it, honestly though, like the world would have never had this hard reset and there's certain things that are going to change permanently that I think are great. Like, um, people are going to be able to work from home. Like that's going to be a permanent thing. And, um, you know, barring some long-term financial consequences, I think, and who knows how that'll play out. Maybe everything will be totally fine. I really hope that's the case. I'm not like an alarmist or anything, but, um, the, the main thing is that like the world would have never, ever like collectively changed that much that fast. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Um, and for, you know, for me, the, the pandemic has like eliminated options uh, mm-hmm. of what I could be doing. So it like is provides me with that much more focus yes. to do this stuff because making these videos is a ton of work. And uh, that's not a complaint. It's just a fact of like, mm-hmm. I have to work 40 hours a week to make one good video, you know? Wow. And um, if I could like go hang out with friends or um, be, you know, just in general out in the world way more that I don't know that I would have developed the routine to be able to do it because it's like a long process of building up the skills to just I would like if I didn't have no work at the beginning I wouldn't have been able to do it and then if I didn't have less work when I went back to work I wouldn't have been able to do it so it's like this ramping up process right. to get where I'm at now like running full speed you know so when wow. things open up again are you in a position to be able to manage what it takes to keep it going yeah I think so my job is pretty steady state right now like it's pretty much back to normal which is good there's busy weeks where it's like makes it real hard. And like, I think anybody who is doing YouTube and a full-time job will, will attest that like, there's just certain days where you're like, how bad do I want this? You know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I want it really <laughs> bad. So keep doing it. And my wife is like incredibly supportive. Um, you know, like if, if I've been had a really, really long day, but I still have to like shoot for five hours after that long day, she's like there for the whole time, Aww. you know, like she's not necessarily like, helping me move the camera around and stuff but she's like do you need me to make dinner do you need me to she'll do like all the dishes from the shoot help me set it up break it down that kind of thing that's a lot you know <laughs> when i'm going to take a shower at 11 30 on a wednesday night just exhausted she's down in the kitchen doing all the dishes and making sure that like everything we need for the day is set up the next video is going to publish on time like all that stuff like without that support it wouldn't definitely wouldn't be possible that's makes my heart smile what's your wife's name her name's Lauren. Lauren, shout out Lauren, because I know she's going to listen to this. Yeah, shout and out Lauren. Right you're, you're on cool. to have a partner like that, it's invaluable. I mean, it, how long have totally. you been married? We've been married for X number of years, four years, I think. We've been together for like 13 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, We got married maybe four years ago. So she was there before your cooking career. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Wow. She's um, seen the metamorphosis. Yeah. I mean, and you guys, I mean, anybody can attest just having a strong relationship in your life like that is incredible. Um, makes so much more 
stuff possible. And like going back to the pandemic, if you, I just feel like some of the people I empathize with the most or feel like, you know, uh, I guess empathy is the right word. Like if you didn't have somebody in your life that you could coexist with in a way like I have, you know, I would have had a really, really hard year. Like what if you had a shitty roommate or you were alone? You know, I think we all know people who oh, were yeah. like maybe yeah. in their early twenties of- and they hadn't settled down or they just, it doesn't matter what your age is. If you don't have a partner or like a close family member, or you don't live with great friends, like you're going to, it's going to be a really lonely last year. It's been hard. I've seen, um, I'm an essential worker and I work at a grocery store and, um, the sadness is we open up, we have like a senior hour and seeing like a lot of the seniors who have lost their husbands or wives or partners in there, they have to come in. Like who else is going to get their stuff? Cause everybody's social distancing and has to quarantine. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing these people they're So it's the saddest thing in the world. Like that's really like, the sadness of the pandemic that I've seen the most is people that are lonely that can't have people reach out because of that. But that's you know. the awesome thing about creating content right now is that even. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Being able to sit down and listen to a conversation or watch somebody make some ziti where all the noodles go in the same fucking direction, which I... (laughs) You're nuts. I haven't seen that one. I'm kind of excited. <laughs> like that. And I'm going to do that, by the way. Um, that really is special for people right now, man. Yeah. Like, it makes you feel like you're with somebody. And, and all the hard work that you're talking about, like it makes that hard work so much even it was already worth it, but it makes it so much more worth it to know that like, in this time where people are feeling that disconnect and that struggle of loneliness that like, if in some way I can give back a little bit to that, that's I'll okay. I'm staying up late to edit. Fuck it. Like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, for me, my sister, she makes every video or every recipe. She watches every video. She's been like incredibly supportive. Her and her husband both like, I mean, they're benefiting from eating tons of pizza and stuff, but they are, they're putting in the work. They're doing every single recipe. And she's kind of like the avatar of like who I would consider as like the ideal, you know, who's just a regular cook. Like you guys, like you guys really enjoy the process of cooking. You're willing to put in a little bit of extra work because you know that like the end result and the experience you're going to have doing it and eating it with the people that you care about is going to be worth it. Um, you know, like just thinking about her, cause I've kind of lived the channel through her and how I know she's legitimately stoked when a new video comes out and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it definitely, like you said, gives the fuel to, to like sort of push a little bit. Um, and I, you know, like for me just to know that X number of people out there are, are looking forward to the content just in general, whether they're going to make it or not, that's also a huge driver. Um, you know, cause be like, just, I don't know, on a, on a, like a personal level, you're just like, Okay, like if they're stoked on it, it must be real. It must be something mm-hmm. worth doing. Dude, I've That's... we've had that moment. We've like 
<laughs> yeah, we've had that. Like people writing in saying, I listened to such and such episode and I had to pull my car over to the side of the road. I was crying. I realized I've been, you know, Whoa. haven't been doing what I needed to do. Or, you know, like I, I've listened to you guys every day for the past year and you've been with me through a divorce and my kids moving out and just like wow. that, that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. what? We're just yeah. here, but, but, but at the same time, I get it because I'm, I'm a consumer of content as well. And I have those shows where I connect to, <laughs> like, I wouldn't totally. be doing this without the, I don't know if you know who he is, Duncan Trussell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. D- without the Duncan Trussell family hour, I don't know if I would be doing this. So really? So, so he, he was like the creator that inspired you to maybe give it a try. I, listening to him made me say, I'm crazy too. And this guy <laughs> is like narrating the voice in my head. And if he can do this, I think I can do it. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. What's, I get it. You never know who you're going to reach. I just chuckled a second ago when he was telling that because you just so you know, you never know who you're going to reach and who's watching your stuff. Earlier this morning, we went to go pick up a couple sandwiches, a little restaurant up here and here. Two grown ass men, you know, around 50 years old. And we're sitting in the car waiting for 10 minutes for the food to be ready. And we're watching your cinnamon roll video. <laughs> <laughs> just both, both like Aaron's holding the phone. And I'm leaning over and we're both just like, oh, shit. Oh, dude, look at that. And I just like at one point, there's a lot of people waiting to we we're going to go oh, eat there, but it was packed. So we ordered to go. But all those people up there, I just I, I kind of wonder, like, if they're looking over, they just see these two dudes like like they probably thought we were watch, like watching something nasty or because we're just like, ooh, damn, look at that, <laughs> yeah, put it, you know, put it. But now, now he's like, he's when it ended, he goes, he goes, you know, I'm gonna have to make these soon, right? I, you I, understand, I, I'm gonna have to make these. It's gonna be a problem for me yeah. if I don't try this recipe soon. There's <laughs> it, definitely a point where you're like, oh my god, I'm playing with live ammo here when like you post a video and then like within five hours there's like 10 people on instagram who've already mixed the dough (laughs) oh shit yeah so it's pretty cool i gotta say but also at the same time like growing like the channel has like that audience grew 10 times in three weeks so and you know hopefully that continues to happen but at the same time like your perspective shifts just a little bit and is like oh my god like before it was like okay everyone i know and then like one or two people they know (laughs) And now it's like way more than that. It's like a football stadium full of people watching the videos, you know, mm-hmm. that just gives a little bit more gravity. You want to make sure that it's like good and vetted and like, you're not recommending something to someone that would like totally waste their day or like worse, like burn down their house. <laughs> you, <know? Yeah. laughs> Dude, I, you can't I, be held responsible actually, for that. <laughs> we've actually said that to each other, not the burning down their house thing, but like I told them early on, like, I don't know. I think we had like, 1500 downloads in a day or something like that and i was like imagine 1500 people standing in our driveway right now listening to us talk i know it's so super crazy honestly it's something that like you is is like probably shouldn't be thought about too much no yeah (laughs) Um, yeah agreed it's very hard to think of and i I, that's i am very analytical i think about stuff like that Yes, going to the very beginning of the conversation where you're saying like I'm not natural at, in front of the camera I'm the opposite of natural in front of the camera <laughs> like I'm so unnatural and I just I, I I'm very internal so I forget about outside you know I forget yeah. about the watching and I like to watch also but when I'm being watched 
I freaking I can't I can't stand it. So this has been a huge learning curve for me and a huge growth process that I'm still going through. And you're right. We shouldn't think about those kinds of things too often. Mm. Like (laughs) maybe the responsibility a little bit, you know, like what you're putting out there so that you can be, you know, have a good heart and make sure that, you know, you're not putting any out there that is going to be hurtful. But at the same time, I think maybe it's just keep going, (laughs) you know, just like if you're climbing up a mountain, you don't look back every two seconds, you just keep going. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you guys, I mean, being close to 200 episodes, you totally get it. Like over time, if you keep putting in the work and you keep trying to refine your process and bring more value to people, it'll be successful. Uh, in the world we live in right now, at least, you know, even though I'm sure when you started this podcast, you were like, oh my God, podcasts are already so saturated. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah. like podcasts. Everyone's got a podcast. Even like three years ago, everybody had a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's the new business card. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I mean, seriously. And, um, but that being said, like there's, there's, you know, I listen to six space podcasts, you guys, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. there's plenty of room in my life for 20 minutes of space <laughs> podcast here and there, right. you know? Um, and they're all different. Like it would be crazy if I pontificated on how they're all, they all hit a different niche. And it's like, that's, there's just plenty of room for good conversations and like valuable yeah. content. And it's really, really dope that, you know, all of us normal people as content creators can get in the game, you know? Yeah. And, and I think, you hit the nail on the head is like once you just like I didn't start this to to be anything I didn't when I started doing this it wasn't I didn't have a plan of like okay we're gonna do a podcast and we're gonna continue doing it we're gonna have musicians come on it was just like I don't know it's a podcast I'm just gonna try it see what happens and over time it's become refined and We've gotten better at it and there's a flow. And, and it kind and of takes on a life of itself. It's a, yep, that's where totally. I'm going. And, and now <clears throat> I heard Joe Rogan say a while back, somebody was commenting on the power of the Joe Rogan podcast. And he was like, dude, at this point I just show up like this thing has a mind of its own. It does things f- on its own basically. Yeah. And, and I didn't quite get it at the time. And obviously where we're at and where he's at is vastly different. But like, I do understand what he means. Like you've put the time into something and that thing's it's a perpetual motion machine. If you're putting your creativity, will intention and love into something after a while, it starts to come to life and you've seen it with your channel in in three weeks like that. That's perfect analogy of springtime and like a million other crazy fucking things but it really is the harvest of your time talent creativity and energy and um well think about this too um if you're a creator content or otherwise otherwise. you're a parent oh shit yeah you're a parent of something and when a a baby is, you know, six months. It doesn't care about a bike. It doesn't need money for lunch. You're taking care of it. And then yeah, as it, it grows, yeah, right. Yeah. As it grows, it needs more things. It has friends, friends call that has nothing to do with you. However, you were the one who created this. And so that's how I see what's happening. Um, I was very kind of like, um, on the wings and kind of sitting back when this podcast first started. Um, it was kind of Aaron's thing and Apple's thing. Cause it was about the dead and they were kind of into that. And I was like, okay, great. I'm just here like as a sidekick. 
And then, you know, people start saying, well, yeah, I like what Mel's saying. Well, hey, you know, that's like the mom. And hey, like, and it started to blow me away. And it really changed my perspective of what we are actually caretakers of. It's a a being we've created. I think that's a pretty good metaphor, honestly. Like at first there's really not a lot of like when, you know, I won't continue the metaphor because I'll probably ruin it. But the, at first you're right. It's just a ton of time and attention. And, uh, eventually, you know, that, that effort compounds into something that's real and that you're, you take a step back after a year and you're like, Oh damn, like that's crazy. 71 videos or, you know, 200 episodes of a podcast. Like that's not nothing. Mm-hmm. You should have, you showed up every week. Um, the thing that really compels me about podcasts in general though, is that like, it, I think it enriches, of, of course, the people who consume that content, they're enriched by it. They, they show up, they tune in, but like, I always think about Joe Rogan. I'm like, God, this guy gets to have so many great conversations with exceptional people mm. every single yeah. day. And it's like, he is so much smarter than he would have been if he didn't yeah. do that. <laughs> Dude, you, know? you, you just, I said, so to true. The, I said to these guys not long ago, I, I said it at this stage of the game, I want only people that are smarter than me on the show. I, I want, I do not want to be the smartest person in the room ever at this point. Like, I want so I have a huge yeah. pool to pull from. Yeah, no, <laughs> the whole planet. <laughs> couple dozen, Dude, you know, a couple dozen. Anybody yeah, can probably. can know something that we don't. Yeah. and I yeah. always think about that too. Yeah, like, everybody's got yeah. something to share and teach. And the yeah, co- and these ahead, podcasts, bro. like you know, they you can you can really test the waters of the you know the types of people you can bring on. Like you know, Joe Rogan has everybody on. I, I hate to keep using him as an example, but you know, he He's, he has astro physicists on he has mma fighters on he you know and pop culture people elon musk like there's something to learn from all of them and he's kind of like the mirror that that, you know he or at least he's like the the common sounding board throughout the whole thing you know yeah it's amazing yep i i don't think that he would mind us keep bringing him up because he's done something so unique so it's comfortable it's comfortable to listen to Joe Rogan somehow. Like you can just put him on. It's yeah, it's familiar. Yeah. Um, and like you said, from an astrophysicist to an MMA fighter, that's vastly different. But somehow or another, he, he stays the same in that, but brings out all these amazing things that you never would have known. Yeah. And the thing that I think is interesting is that like, unfortunately, I think his show has been viewed as controversial at times because of the guests he brings on, but there's no other place that I'm aware of that is as popular as his show mm-hmm. where there's as much discourse going on at the level that it is going on too. Like, and I don't, I think that really, if you, I think he would brush that off and he'd be like, whatever it's, you know, it's just a podcast, but um, you know, like he has very polarizing figures from both sides on his show mm-hmm. and they come in and argue with their points. He has anarchists on and he has Ben Shapiro on and I'm down to listen to it all. Like yeah. I would have yeah. never listened to what Ben Shapiro had to say unless he was on Joe Rogan, you know? Um, and now like I understand something about this conservative religious person that I never would have before. And that's like really dope. Like for me, like in this divisive time where social media is like weaponized almost, yes. um, like having content like that is like the antidote. I think people and so many people watch it. People who don't give a shit about politics are going to listen to the Jordan Peterson episode or whatever, and just be like turned on to some ideas that whether they're perfectly thought idea out ideas or not, like they're different than just what's on New York times or whatever, you know, that's the beauty of discourse right there is what you're talking about. And, and 
even if you don't agree, I've, I've been saying this a lot lately, even if you don't agree, being able to have a conversation with somebody and like come away with some kind of understanding that you didn't have before is a skill that like we need to cultivate as human totally. beings on this planet yeah. again. And um, the thing that you just said about weaponized social media, man, we could, I, I could get us canceled on that. Oh, one, so yeah. I'm just yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, let, let me yeah, change. It's, oh, oh, wait, no, go ahead. If you're No, no, please go ahead. I, I was going to say, well, since we were going down that right. Yeah. Cause we gotta be careful what we say up. nowadays. <laughs> so I want to ask you because this is something that Aaron's going to do soon. Cause he's the bread guy, dough guy. And I'll phrase it this way, not what is your favorite. What is your favorite pizza right now? Okay. Um, I always come back to the thin crust, mm-hmm. like the bar okay. style, like cut into square style pizza. Because um, you can make that dough in like three hours. And usually, because I'm working on other videos, I'm not, I don't really have the time to like sit down on a Thursday and mix dough for Sunday or whatever. Or So that one I like a lot. And what I like about it is that since Lauren's gluten-free, when you make gluten-free pizza, it's pretty much like a cracker. You know, at best, like you're not going to be able to make it like a regular pizza. So you're making like a shingle that you can, and then America's Test Kitchen has a pretty good gluten-free recipe for dough. And that's what I've been using. Um, but we've been messing with, around with something kind of interesting and fun that I might do a video on in the future. But yeah, you can build like that style of pizza for her gluten-free. Like I would build it the same way as I would build like the thin crust pizza. So I don't have to like, cause when it comes to pizza, as you guys have seen a lot of these videos, like the type of cheese you use, how much oh, yeah. the type of sauce you make for the pizza, like all that matters and is dictated by like what the dough is about, you know? Um, so yeah, I think the thin crust, I mean, what do you guys do? Do you guys, do I, pizza I want him to make what well, he said too. the first one is cause I just never had the Detroit one. Yeah. yeah, and Aaron was like, "Oh, dude, that that that's a that's a chore." He's all, "But I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it." But no, I think for me, th- there's some. Uh, I don't know if it was tartine bread or um, salt water flour yeast. I don't remember which book, but they have a he has a overnight dough recipe. That, yeah, the that, the the forkish one. The yeah, yeah, forkish yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and, that's a I, that's like a. Tw- I consider that one like a tool. I use that for a lot of different things. Right. So I've been, I've That's made what you that made dough for. a couple okay, of times now. And that is my absolute favorite, like New York style, a little thicker. I mm-hmm. like a, a big piece of crust on the back and, and a I'm, nice bubble. On yeah. The crust. And I'm, I'm simple, man. Like I want cheese and sauce. I don't, don't fucking fancy it up. I want to taste pizza. I don't sure. Yeah. So, the New York style is definitely like what I think I even say in the video, it's like, it is basically a cheese pizza. In my opinion, like if you're going to put sausage or pepperoni on a pizza like that, it's going to be pretty minimal. Um, it's a, it's like you're, if you're, if you get the cheese pizza part, right, you're, you're there, dude. The, I love that style of pizza so much. And I just got a baking steel, like a, like a pizza steel. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to mess around with that because the stone I was using was like, it would work really well for one pizza. Um, but like it would, most of the heat would be just discharged out of it. Like after the first one. So I'd have to like re refire my oven for a little while. And that's just not like a pizza party environment where you have to like wait for the next pizza. (laughs) So yeah, the pizza steel is going to be, I think going to be a new, new level. And I'll probably make a video on that. I think. Awesome. I wonder, okay, going to the gluten-free. Yeah. Mel's ears ears perked up. Well, because it's first of all, it's so hard to be gluten-free. It's so hard. And then 
when you finally do have things that are gluten-free, you have to get used to the texture or the taste or whatever. What's, what's some secrets that you can throw out to the gluten-free people out there, just random, whatever's in your head? Yeah. Well, first off, I would say like play to the strengths of gluten-free, which is like, there's tons and tons of good foods out there that don't require gluten, you know, um, most foods. Like, I think that like in the West, it's like, we're we're so carb heavy here that it's like hard to remember that there's like tons of great things you could make that don't require any flour at all. Um, but that being said, like to get into like actual gluten-free baking or cooking, um, the, another, another, like I would say play to the strengths again. So like when I, when I'm saying like making this thin crust pizza, like that style of pizza is not about like gluten development or like a perfectly formed thing, like a bar style, like cracker pizza is like a shingle to put a bunch of toppings on. And it's a delicious, super fun pizza. So that can be totally achieved with gluten-free because you're not having to like stretch out the dough and like throw it up in the air and like have like a perfect crust and stuff. Um, And like when it comes to pasta, you really got to vet the product, the product. Like if you find something that you like and works for you stock up on it, because that's like, (laughs) there's been billions spent on pasta that should just be thrown out. Like (laughs) all the rice pastas out there, like brown rice, quinoa pasta, like so rough. It's not even close. Like why? I mean, I just, I see people making pasta salad with that stuff and like, it just looks so gross. But like, so when it comes to gluten-free pasta, like there's a couple of Italian brands that are, you know, like they've just crossed my path. I haven't like got out of my way to find them or whatever. Um, one is called bio nature. They're from Italy. And then, um, I can't think of the, the other one, but anyways, if you find something you like, okay, buy a bunch of it, it should have like at least three starches in it, like rice, potato, corn. If it's those three usually eats like a regular pasta and then like extruded pastas, like, uh, like ziti or fusilli non noodly pastas. Those are fine. Like for the most part, um, they, you know, that, that, like that type of pasta is not about gluten development. In fact, like, you know, if you were to see how that stuff is made, it's just like dry semolina flour in a hopper you add a little bit of water to, and it just gets like shoot shot out of dye in the front <laughs> and they cut it. Like there's no gluten development at all. All you're doing is basically just like compressing starch. So, uh, you could definitely, you know, I would say if you can't find something great noodley. Those brown rice, quinoa pastas, whatever, like if it's like a penne or something, yeah. you should be, you should be pretty fine. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a a extra added level of difficulty added to the video game of baking for me is like learning gluten development and dough strength and all the stuff that I didn't know jack shit about a year ago. Now I do. And then Mel's like, but I'm gluten free and you should yeah. be trying to make gluten free stuff. Well, he's and- like making all this bomb shit. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I can't taste it. Like, good for you and Apple. Like, knock yourselves yeah. out, but I can't, you know. So, Bob's Red Mill one to one flour has been my best friend ever since then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the King Arthur stuff. The Bob's Red Mill, they, I think they put garbanzo bean flour in it for some reason. And that's always turned me off a little bit. Okay. Um, I like the cup for cup. Um, king arthur stuff i think but um so if you want to try out a fun gluten-free recipe one of the first ones i did on the channel i'm not saying it's a good video but the the recipe is very solid it's for gnocchi and actually the gnocchi i made in the video are gluten-free okay used yeah like in that context it can be one-to-one switched out so i use gluten-free uh king arthur flour for that one instead of all-purpose flour and um yeah i mean like i made that last weekend and you guys should try that out like 
it's it's yeah. called Parisian style gnocchi. It's really easy to make, and uh, it's incredibly sick, super dope. Um, and then so we're also we bought this flour from a brand called Caputo. They're like a really well respected Italian pizza flour brand. They make double zero flour, and uh, they started they made this um, deglutenized wheat starch pot, uh, flour for pizzas that we tried out like a couple of times over the last few weeks, and it's like really really mystical like what it does i can't even believe it it's like i mean honestly i've never seen anything like it it's really it's really weird it's super close to like real flour real pizza flour um and the product is like a full order of magnitude better than anything i've ever eaten so i'm going to keep messing around with that and hopefully we can do a pizza video but with that because you can get it on amazon it's not like you have to go to some crazy corner of the world to buy it or whatever. Yeah. So Okay. I'm in. Thanks for I'm that. Yeah, I, I appreciate wow. that hey, a Brian, lot. <laughs> I know that you weren't feeling good today. And uh I really, really, really appreciate you spending yeah. time with us, man. This was a blast. I could yeah. Yeah, we could I, keep going all night. We dude. we yeah. do this all the time. It's like it's so good to talk to other people. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like outside of your your home and stuff like that, yeah. and also like interesting and and positive and and like I learned a lot just by listening to you today so thank you from the bottom of my heart for many things but just for working your craft man honestly yeah like I was gonna say like what we'll go around and say uh, thank you very much for encouraging this guy to cook encouraging me to cook again some other things I haven't in a while and plus I just gotta throw this out there because we're all of us that do this kind of stuff I hate my voice when I hear it I love your voice, dude. From the moment Aaron started listening, <laughs> I heard the voice like, who are you listening to? He's got a good voice for what, you know, whatever's happening. You have a wonderful, engaging voice, personality and everything and everything you do. And I, Thanks, I, I really sure admire this that. comes out, I'll hear it and I'll be like, oh, dude. Oh <laughs> yeah, 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 it's hard to hear yourself dude, and love it. It took me a long yeah. time to be able to sit and listen to an episode without being like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, so, it's hard for me to watch my own videos. If it's like the video I just made, I'm very stoked on it. But if it's like two weeks old, I'll never watch it again. <laughs> no shit. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, piggybacking on what they said, man. I already said it, but thanks, Brian, for, for everything, man. And uh, uh, I hope gonna, our, cro- our paths cross, I was just going to say. I'll, yeah, let's stay in touch. This I, was awesome. That's I what I was just going to say. I'm going to email you my, my cell number. So we should stay in touch when you come out to Portland. We'll have you over to the house or something and cook yeah. dinner. That'd, That'd be, be awesome. Let's right. do yeah. that. I, I had a great time. Thank you guys for your time. Yeah. All right, Take care, I feel man. better, Have man. A wonderful Thank night. you so Thanks much. Thanks a lot. Talk to you guys later. Bye. How do you shut this thing off? Dang. That was so, so unexpectedly such, fantastic. Right? Check this out. So today when Apple and I went to... Um, to go get food, we watched that cinnamon roll video. <laughs> and and uh, I was like, I hope he's a music fan. He, I really, really hope he's a music fan. Because like, it just, there's a certain. Well, not just a music fan. You're like, I hope he's a jam fan because he drops little. He, there's a certain the way, way he cooks and the things he says. Right. There's something like, I can't put my finger on it. I couldn't explain it to somebody else, but it's just like, oh, that's one of us. Mm. kind of a thing and then then there it is so that was super fucking dope i yeah, love i love all cool his guy. different interests and it really if i was his mom i'd be really proud oh that's sweet i honestly like i'd be like look at my my mensch over here you know <laughs> like he's so pr- handsome and he's so smart and he's cooking and Did you bring me some more bread yeah <laughs> like like he 
he just seems like a super stand up guy and honest and I mean, he wasn't feeling good and he put on his cute little chef outfit to see us on Zoom and just I appreciate that a yeah. lot. A, a lot. And that's like Brian, after meeting him, Brian is somebody that's down for his shit. Like that guy's going to be up at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. If he needs to be, he's, he's not that scared to work. He's showing yeah. up, making it, making this content. Yeah. It's great, happening. Like he said, and, and he's got a great partner, Lauren. I mean, Lauren, shout out to you again yeah. for, you know, helping your man, helping your, your partner in life. And I'm sure you have other wonderful things going on, but there's nothing like a great collaboration. You know, there's yeah. nothing like it. And there's nothing there's nothing to me that shines like somebody like Brian, because we brought it up in there like, the, you know, all these touted chefs of the world, Gordon Ramsay's and all these. They're, they're angry people. <laughs> it seems like half yeah, the well, time. Yeah. That was like you Gordon know, Ramsay's thing. That, is being yeah, a it's like screaming at people. And that's why he's such a hit with Hell's Kitchen and all that and Dude, stuff. I mean, I'm I want to see somebody like, that comes out like like Brian. Like, I mean, he comes at it from the beginning with like humor and love and life and just enjoys it. It's kind of cool that he said that it's kind of like passing that, you know, like it's that's that part is kind of like leaving the um the the scene the cooking scene that being harsh kind of yeah. way because there's there's food it is love when i love he said he goes i tried that one time i had a position and i tried to be an asshole but it didn't, <laughs> it didn't work, work for me I, like yeah you do that and yet, eh, no oh uh, shit we did an hour and a half with him yeah and we could have still kept I know, going I he was happy going. to go i know i i just knew he wasn't feeling good and well, this was this was this was. Well, I think it made him feel because he kind of pepped up during this and stuff. Got the adrenaline going, mm-hmm. probably having fun and and so yeah. And I this was fun having a cooking. What a trip! Our first like, cooking show one. I I when I reached out to him to be on the show, I was like, "Is this okay?" <laughs> you know, to myself. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, am I allowed to do this? Do people and, like food? And then, That's what I and then I was like, wait a minute. No Simple Road is our show. So I could put whoever I want. We could here. interview Fred over there. Yeah. Well, and who doesn't like food? <laughs> and, and he actually said something in there that made me like, oh, okay. What are you saying about Rogan? And having everybody yeah. on... I mean, why the fuck not? What what do we got to lose? And I think it's only like adding value and and interest and good conversation to the people that listen to our to our show, the No Simple Road family. Preaching like, to the choir, babe. Yeah. All right, I'll shut up. I've always mm-hmm. been open to what a whatever down for whatever well you know we have we have branched out lately we have i'm super yeah if you haven't noticed i said this 2020 and and 2021 it's my most proudest um work even though we've done bomb ass shit prior to that this is my most proud work because i feel like i'm more part of the show because what we're doing i'm into equally Mm. Where before a lot of the musicians that we had it has nothing to do with whether they're good or not. I just wasn't into them. So it's hard for me to You're, get excited about well, that. Uh, uh, on another note, you are also more into the music 
than you used to Absolutely. Be. Mm-hmm. We started out where, I mean, I mean, I know you remember because we've been married for a long time, but <laughs> what? before, means he before 2014, <laughs> we did not go to concerts. Right. It didn't happen. We didn't. Like if well, I if I went to a concert, I'd go with a friend because I'm going to true. like an R and B. We went to see. Um, Let's hear it. He's he's pull he's gonna no, pull one out. We went and saw that we one did. time. No, we did. We we went and saw uh, the Blue Man Group. That is not <laughs> a concert. I'm, jo- oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> we, we, saw, we saw we saw Cirque du Soleil, yeah. Incubus. Okay, we went that and saw counts. Incubus. Um, Gypsy Kings. We went and saw Gypsy Kings. So we. That wasn't okay. It was Let me reframe an, it the was question. Not an important part of our life. Being parents, working, that was a priority. Going to concerts was never a priority, mm-hmm. nor was it such a part of our life that we couldn't live without it. Yep. And so, once we created something that required us to have music in our life, absolutely, I kind of you know changed it up and. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to me right now. And I can't wait to really shake it loose. And oh my God. I'm so excited about it. But yeah, it took me a while. I know. And I'm stoked you're on the bus. I'm stoked you're on the bus. Bus, bus, magic bus. Like that I'm was the name of our bus. It's like you guys being on the bus, you're taking up too much room. Yeah, Look, no. I don't take up a lot of room, all right? Mel doesn't. And <laughs> I this is a short bus. There's not a lot of room. Put your helmets on, kids. All right. Buckle up. It's going to get rough. Here we go. Oh. It's going to get rough. All right. This is our cooking time. I got to go start cooking dinner. Go cook dinner, right. Apple. Because it's going to take what do you a make? while. Wait, what are you making tonight? I'm making, well, I'm making chicken and vegetables. But what? What? Come on, man. Two, Fancy two, it up. two beautiful organic uh, whole chickens that uh-huh. I got to go clean and get ready. I'm going to lather those with butter and herbs and spices. From and our garden? Fill, yeah, from our garden and fill the cavity with rosemary from our rosemary, rosemary, lemon, garlic. Uh, I don't think we have any white wine. I forgot to get that. But uh, chicken and vegetables. Throw those Heck on yeah. standing up so they get all nice and crispy all around with. Potatoes, carrots, celery, onion, and all that in the pan to soak up the juices and get delicious. And some Thank you. And some garlic baguettes. bread. Yeah, and some sourdough baguette garlic bread. All right. So everybody out. everybody out there, we love you and appreciate you hanging out check with out us. Check out Brian's videos. That's what I was just going to say. Go check out Weeds and Sardines on YouTube. Um, it is super fun. All the re- every single recipe is something that you will want to make. Also, how about let's try something new. When you listen to the show, if you got to this very, very back of the episode and you happen to go on Weeds and Sardines and say, hey, I'm going to cook this. Send us your dish. Send us a text. Post it on yeah, hashtag No Simple Road. Um, send us an email with it. Yeah, I guess like, in the picture. Yeah, l- anything. But. Let's see if we can get a few little recipes from uh, Weeds and Sardines out there on the No Simple Road platform. And That'd I'm be a, dope. I'm going to do the, the um, I'm going to do the cinnamon rolls this week sometime. And uh, I'll tag him so that he can see that we did it. Because those things looked, oh my God. Obscene. Obscenely, Obscenely awesome. delicious and amazing and they. Everything is. I love how he said that he gives his short because he does one in there. He's like, 
well, can I, hey, Brian, I want to cook this. I want to cook these tonight. And it's like, you can do that if you want, but this is what they look like. He did it to show that they were Okay, flat. they're just they cinnamon were, roll. Yeah, you cool. can eat them or anything, but this is what happens when they're in the fridge for 24, and they're like these big, make Cinnabon look like crap. I'll show you the video when we're done. <laughs> Dang. Everybody I'm out there, take care of each other. We'll be yeah. back next, next week with more stuff and things. Remember, Stuffs and things. hey, go to Manscaped and yeah. hook yourself up. NSR 20, you're getting 20% off. Go to Shop Tour Bus and hook yourself up with some Grateful Dead inspired merch. They're hooking you up. Put in the promo code No Simple Road. You get free shipping. Go to Electric Fish Lights. Put in the promo code NSR. You get NSR. 10%, 10% off. And if you go to sunsetlakecbd.com and you put in the promo code NSR20, you're going to get 20% off your CBD purchase. So, And if you come hang out at Define Premium Cannabis, I'll tend your bud and give you 10% off. Dress yeah. like a wizard on a skateboard with a squirrel tail and a helicopter hat. We yeah. got you all covered. All right. So we love you. We'll see you next week. tell you about the April May 2023 issue of Relics magazine features a Dave Matthews band cover story with additional articles and interviews with the National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com/dmb. Thanks Relics. Hello everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street.